Yes, indeed. Yes, yes, y'all. Indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a monumentous occasion right here. This is episode 25 of, of Stakes is High. The Black Nerd Podcast. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I remain Troy Hunter, at Tall Black Guy on all the Twitters and everything, uh, a.k.a. Ill Gates in your area. I am Terry Gant, a.k.a. Document Night, a.k.a. Dread October, and... As a matter of course, because there was something that we mentioned to you at the last podcast, which is episode 24A, I want to officially state, just for the record, this is unofficially episode 24B, by just saying episode 24B, Black Panther, still dope, end episode, begin episode 25. Done. There, well, therefore we didn't lie to you. We didn't. Right. <laughs> right. Episode 24B was the shortest episode ever. <laughs> <laughs> there, open and end scene. There we go. Okay. But we'll catalog, we'll catalog this as episode 25. 25. 25. 25. 25 and y'all. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been a minute. It's been a while. Things have been going on. Things have been happening. Um, when we left y'all, Black Panther was running the thing. Still is. Still is. It's still running the thing, No people. matter what people want to so tell good. you. Right, right. It's so good. Right. Even though they were really quick, they moved up Infinity right. War just to be like, oh, another movie's better. Yes. Another movie. Selling is- more. Apparently, it is the, fastest, is the fastest selling Pre-sale of any movie in the history of film. Now, when, I know like twelve people with tickets. <laughs> I know less. I don't. I don't. I mean, no, no one's aunt that I know of has bought a ticket. So I'm not entirely sure how they get these numbers. And I have been in some. I've been in theaters with aunts who have no idea what Black Panther is, but the aunties are out there. Auntie, aunt, shout out to the aunties who saw Black Panther for them no seen reason, it like three damn times for no reason. Yeah. Uh, I love that shit. Watching I Black Panther with C2E2. old... I walked around C2E2 last weekend. Just giving them what kind just of what kind of salute. <laughs> but I was a little disturbed, all right? Because I'm walking around C2E2, and I thought I would see a lot of Black Panther cosplay. I, saw, I went Friday, and it, I didn't see... I saw two people. You you know who, what I saw a lot of? And it, I don't... I think that, like, when you talk about a CON conspiracy out here in the pop culture world, I'm going to say this jokingly. However, I'm not exactly joking that I saw more Bob Ross cosplays than I saw Black Panther cosplays. Ooh. And that kind of, I saw more Bob Ross cosplays than I saw Deadpool cosplays. I didn't see and, any and I'm not sure what kind of world I live in, <laughs> in which even Deadpool fans decide they're going to be Bob Ross. Except there was the one trailer, which I'm not even watching. So, no, yes, America, I still hate Deadpool. Yes, because right? you, you hate I'm not changed. comics. I'm, Right. Okay. Right. I, however, love Whimsy my comics, and I'm gonna see the fuck out that movie. Right. Um, you make a Booster Gold movie, and I'm all over it. There. Jesus. That's as far as I get. Wow. Okay. Booster Gold's awesome. Okay. Still. Okay. All right. We but, got an agenda, y'all. Yes, we do. But I will say that I, w- I was really hoping to see like little small Black Panthers, like little kids in Black Panther, and being, you know, like, oh, you little Nakia, you little Koye, and like, you know, pose and stuff. I saw none. I saw one group of kids. That were like the Panther family kind of thing. And then my only <laughs> bit of inward saltiness, and again, this is where me and the fan base disagree. It was a Black Panther and Storm and kids. Yes. And I am pro Black Panther, Panther not being, not with being Storm. Storm. So not being with Storm. So like when I saw that, I was like, <laughs> damn it, Reggie Hudlin. This is your fault. Damn you, Reggie Hudlin. You know, damn you, Reggie Hudlin. Damn this you is all help. your fault. This is all your you fault. Know. But yeah. We could just left that in like yeah. We could have just left that in fanfic. But, America, you, know. you have an opportunity, however, to make this up because WakandaCon is coming this August. At Tr- Troy, I see the look on your face. When it was first announced, I kind of may have had that similar look. However, having talked to at least one person who is trying to do some programming for them, now 
this sounds actually kind of cool. And I'm hoping, I think for sure that weekend, it's the first weekend in August. The only day I have free would be that Friday. I can get shop coverage for that Friday. But like, it, it be some pulling the strings I could do Friday. If I'm on a panel any of the other time on a weekend, uh, Edge Fest is the same weekend. So I could like dip out for a little bit, go down there. And like, I mean, I feel like the beauty of it to me is that unlike C2E2, and unlike Wizard World, someone is pulling off a big kind of nerd level event in downtown Chicago, right? Because the first ever comic book convention I went to was at the Congress Hotel, right? This is at the Hilton, right? Right up the block. And I kind of feel like that's something I would love to see because I feel like that I, I want comic book events and, and nerd events and pop cultural events of significance to be someplace in Chicago where people can still experience Chicago when they're there. It really bothers me that I got to be at McCormick Place, which is like a nerd food desert and I got to go out to Rosemont which is like Reno right I'm not really I'm not for that in general but you put it in, in the South Loop I'm good with it you put it in the you know North Loop I'm good with it you just put it in downtown Chicago I'm good with it tell me Troy how do you feel about WakandaCon <laughs> America wants to know Alan wants to know tell Alan Turner <laughs> well he, he just knows you so you know <laughs> you're, you're both video game nerds. I think he actually knows you. I don't know what uh, Brian what Brian's saying something about episode 26. Everybody gets a first air thing. Is that is that a? I don't know if that's an inside joke. I'm not getting Brian, but I mean like, it might be like a thing from like a a while ago. No, um, like a like a like a you know some kind of so thing from pop culture. I have, I have, I have, I have a couple things. Right. I, I will I will just share this one thing because right. I've heard some other stuff. Um, on on the programming level, on the organization level, okay. that's kind of shady. But my thing is, there are a ton, and I, I get yep. your point about um, having a a nerd centered thing downtown. Yes, accessible, yeah. everything like that. My thing is, there are no shortage of black related nerd shit in this city. But some dude comes from New York goes, Wakanda. And motherfuckers go, woo! And lose their shit. So from what I first read, it was three dudes who, one of, they're three brothers who, one of whom might live in New York, but they're from Chicago. They weren't living here at the time, but they're from here. From I think my, my initial read on it was that they're actually Chicagoans. I don't really care. Like, I mean, it's, it ain't like C2E2 by dudes who grew up on the South Side. That's for damn sure. You know? Like, that's not a thing. So where, where they're from doesn't make a damn bit of difference until you come through here telling me I got to eat deep dish pizza and put ketchup on my hot dogs. Then I'm pissed. Right? Outside of that, I don't really give a shit where you're from. Okay. Just do Chicago right. That's the only rule. But continue. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> there are no shortage of black-centered things here, and all. And some cat comes through, names the shit with Wakanda, which isn't cleared, and then people just lose their shit. And if you go on the website, it's sparse information, sparse right. shit. That is totally true. Yeah, and wrong. Some pages say third to fifth. Other pages on the same site say second to fourth. Yeah. If you don't know when the shit, when your thing is, and also the if yeah. the whole thing is is downtown, heavily sub if. Talking about three days for $35. Keep in mind, $35 is one A at C2E2. And that's McCormick. Right. You're going downtown. This either is heavily subsidized. Okay. Is that a problem? It's not a problem, but then you wonder who's going to pay for this in the back end. 
is this like like is this a union issue? Like I'm I have no see, idea. What, I have no idea what, what it is. I'm trying to go. Where, I just can't. Go I don't understand how you can get a convention in downtown, in a centrally located Fairly space. Fairly easy, actually. If you so okay. cheaper. I once tried to. Uh, I looked into organizing uh, a con in Evanston for a specific subsection of comic book fans who were in one particular title, right? And I contacted a hotel in Evanston, right, uh, right in downtown Evanston, about doing such a thing. And basically, what they were just giving me was like rates for renting out for X amount of days their big conference rooms, which are expandable, right? Yeah. And they were actually pretty reasonable. What I just the only thing I just didn't want to do is I didn't want to do all the damn work. But like the price was right. You know what I mean? Like. I don't know how. I, I think they're literally thinking. These guys are probably literally thinking to themselves, "How if we can make this work? If we can make this work, like this will be awesome. All we have to do is dot most of the T's and cross most of the you know, most of the I's, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like they might not be thinking of 100% nailing it, but if they get it like 80%, that's probably pretty damn good. Now that makes a good point with Valorcon. I was actually sort of like. Um, I was skeptical of like how Valorcon was going to go, but what I heard was Valorcon actually did come off pretty well. I think that if you're trying to be C2E2, doing it in downtown Chicago in a hotel style will, will probably cause you a lot of problems. But if you're not trying to be C2E2, if you're just trying to be like an old school con, all hotel cons are that. Like that, maybe that's not the worst thing in the world or the hardest thing. I think yeah, get your information right. They're like, like your basic logistics nail that, right? So like even now it's what almost May. You know, we're halfway through April pretty much. And you're talking about doing this in three months, right? At this point, you shouldn't have any conflicting information about when your con is, right? Once. Or I should also be able to know by now what your con would be about. Right, right. right? Besides, I named it Wakanda. And, and I don't think that that's really an issue either. I don't think it matters that you named it Wakanda con. I think that you can name it that. And that's, oh, that's like a fair use thing. I'm pretty sure you're okay there. There's, a, there's cons that happen all the time that pull from some comic or another as part of their naming. They aren't claiming that they own Wakanda, and they aren't claiming that they've created Wakanda. They're just naming a, an event after a thing in a book. You know? Okay. I think that's actually an all right thing. Okay. A book they, owned if, by a major conglomerate. Sure, sure. But they, they named it like, if they named the con, you know, Black Panther, I think you have a bigger issue, right? But naming someplace like, you know, like a Taste of Krypton for like a weekend, I think you're kind of okay. You know, if that's what you were going to do. Taste of Krypton. Taste of Krypton. You know, you, you could probably do that, you know, I would say. I mean, if they get a cease and desist and they got to hold off a year, then they get a cease and desist got to hold off a year. We'll have an entire con uh, conversation about all the cons that have happened involving the name of some form of event or, or thing that is owned by somebody else and everybody's gotten away with it up until now. Okay. And Alan is, yeah, he's just talking about the, the Valor con situation. All right, cool. All right, what All right. we got first? All right, let's do let's do things we like. Things we like. Things we like. Let's In start, music. Let's start the music shit. Um, let's see. Yeah, I got two things. You got four? Okay. Um, I have been on some shit. Uh, two particular things have been, actually probably three, actually. Um, Sky Zoo um, from Brooklyn. Um, he's been around for a while, but he, he released an album called In Celebration of Us. Um, went to go see him. He was at some, they had some small art space in Pilsen. So he performed to, it, it was like 80, 80 people. Right. Uh, it was packed. Uh, it was great. Um, one of the best lyrics is out right now. Love his shit. Um, very, and the only artist I've known who, after he does a song, will explain what his lyrics mean. And because his lyrics are pretty dense, that helps. Okay. Um, 
it was like in the course of like two or three bars, he's referencing. Uh, it was it was something like. Um, um, Hakeem, Elijah, Hakeem with the 30 and 20. When I grew up, I had to know a semi, but pump fake like semi and Hakeem. So it was like yeah. we referenced semi automatic, we referenced Hakeem Olajuwon, we referenced coming to America. Right. Um, it was like, so it was all this shit. So he did this after he did like a couple songs. It was like, you really get, you really understand, get what he's talking about, um, as opposed to, you know, a random simile like I do this like this like right, okay right, right, I, right, right. I totally understand that but he puts more in his lyrics and I really appreciate that from him um, really like I said really underrated um, one of the best lyrics in the game right now really I'll give you credit shit. too because you've been talking about Sky Zoo for a while and so when you put uh, Sky Zoo in the, in the agenda I started listening to his new album right and I hadn't really like you know, I wasn't really fucking with him all that much, only because like I've only got so much time for music in general, right? So I, I tend to discover a thing and I stick with that thing and drill down. I don't go all broad with it anymore because I just ain't got time to. But this dude, uh, to me, I think that it's like one of those things where sometimes with art and music, you come around to it whenever you come around to it. And, and Sky Zoo is like if, if Fonte and Black Thought had a baby, right? That's who this dude is, and it sounds great, and I'm really enjoying his new release, right? So I just like I just put it on and was like, all right, bet. I mean just let me see how we're let's see where we're going here. Yeah, right, right. And pretty quick it was like, this dude's good. This dude's all right. Good. I can yeah. I can spend a week listening to this cat right here and I'll be okay with that. You know? Yeah. That's what so that's I'm gonna what consider him the second second rapper I've discovered in the last two or three weeks that I'm just listening to everything and all of it's good and I'm skipping no songs. You know? Yeah. That's all you can ask skipping no songs on a rap record is pretty damn hard <laughs> these you, days. Yes. For me, oh my god, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I yeah. get you. For me, yeah. for you, yes. Um, second dude, um, evidence um, of dilated people's sure. release a joint. Whether or not um, I bought the, I bought the actual vinyl, which is comes as blue vinyl, which is awesome, um, which comes with a, a digital download. Um, dude also slept on, uh, very evocative, very, and has this thing where he's talking about life now, like his his. Um, he closed the album. He was talking about that his uh, his girl, well, his not wife, his baby mom, I guess, um, was trying to best feed their kid and found a lump. And he was he's rapping about going into chemo with her. Okay. And so, like, this is grown people's shit. Like, yeah. like this is real shit. So, um, very evocative. Like, I've been fucking with evidence and dilated and the rest of them for years, but. Also, a really, really, really good album. If you go to YouTube and you put in this, the album's called Whether or Not. Um, the entire they have the video is the entire album. They put a camera on top of the car, and so the the, the vibe is that you're riding around okay. Venice, Venice, California, listening to his album. Okay. While just you know just driving around. Right. It is great. So it's an hour. You can listen to the whole album for free and just watch the video. And That's like, cool. Right. And like, I just I sat there being homesick for like an hour. Like, oh, this is this is, this is great. I would We're gonna try not to go into like feeling all sad and lonely about Compton and shit. No, no, no. no he's, he, he's going through Venice, so it's, Venice is different. Okay. You got the ocean over there. Watching too. you. Going through right. the ocean. No, you know we ain't, we ain't going through my hood. We ain't going through there. But you're going through Venice, so you got the beach. You got the Pacific Ocean. 
uh, palm trees, the whole shit. It's actually and a pretty you, good idea, though. It's a great idea. Like, it's it an is. idea for anyone to do. Like, like I, w- I would actually watch a stream of, like, people that I know, like, th- riding around in their car with a camera on top, just driving through their own neighborhood. Driving through their I think I would actually, I'd actually support that. That shit was great. All right. And it's uncut. It's, there's no cuts in it. Like, you're just, you know, turning, like, you're at stop signs with him. You're at, you're turning left and shit. Yeah. The whole thing. It's great. So, you, it's called right. Whether or Not. Look at that shit. It's on YouTube. It's for free. Um, love the album. Third thing, and I have a personal, not a personal vendetta against this guy, but uh, we have history uh, with said Fonte Coleman, oh, formerly of Little Brother, okay, for, right. Foreign Exchange, all that kind of thing. I got issues with the dude, but he put out an album. Well, what did Fonte do that created the issue? So, like, if we, if not, we, not for public consumption. Oh, I get. Okay, okay, I understand. All right, not for public consumption. I, I think I get it. Also, right. so, but if, if we catch him slipping, we, I mean, okay, all right, got it. Well, we gonna throw him in the back of Scooby Van. No, we'll teach him a lesson. There's three or four people who get here, get to him before I do. Um, <laughs> okay, the dude's not a great individual. Anyway, okay, all right. So um, the thing is, though, is that he put out a good damn album, and it was about grown people shit. It was That's about a, the damn shame in this world. Like problematic people can actually problematic put people yeah. make out good shit, and right. this kills me. The ca- the classic uh, conversation about separating the art from the artist. And at some point, I can't. So at some point, I, it, it depends what you do. a while I have, but then there's a point at which I, yeah. I'm right. Yeah. I mean, you do certain things, you're yeah. gone. But if you do certain things, you're like, eh. In comics, it absolutely has made a difference for me. And I've discovered that once I make the cut, like if I just decide somebody's so problematic, I just can't fuck with them no more. Yeah. Like something else replaces that thing in my life, and I, I've just learned to move on. Move on. I'm okay with that, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Because um, if you do my people wrong, you know, I ain't got to support you. Right. We good. Right. Um... But this is grown people shit too, and it kills me. Um, he has a song about um, uh, black mental health, about um, eating right, about um, kind of family ties. He has a thing. He was married once, and was it to Eric Badu? No. Okay. Just Somebody checking. else. Okay. Married once, got divorced, messy divorce, and their kids involved. Uh, he's getting married again. Not to Erica Badu. Not to Erica Badu. Okay. Cool. Just um, that, apparently that does a thing to people. Oh, yeah, it does. <laughs> but he has this thing about, you know, and and I hate that. And he's basically, he's, he's gone through something I identify with personally. Right. And he dropped this lyric. It says, the first time is all about working through your baggage. The second time is about the baggage claim. I went... This is, I hate that a very disgusting human being saw my life sure. and just put it down. And I went, okay, I, I'm, I'm, I'm done at this point. I'm, I'm fucking done. Yeah. Um, also, like, and, and he's good at what he does. That's the, that's the thing that kills me. But, okay, in a mental health capacity, is it possible that, so clearly it sounds like what you're saying is you, you, have, you appreciate or can recognize the quality and the depth of what this problematic human being has produced. Yes. But the the hole that puts you in is, fuck that dude, but damn it, his shit's good. But is it entirely possible there's someone else out there who is not this problematic, you know, straight who's cock doing munch, who, who is, who, who's dropping the knowledge he's dropping without being an asshole like he is, you I'm know? Not, so I'm maybe not, fine, let's find that dude. I'm not sh- Okay. Okay. That's, that's plausible. But the thing is, all three of these dudes... Um, Skyzoo Evidence and Fonte, and Fonte right. are talking grown people shit. Right. Like we're not partying in the club. Which is shit. also to say that sometimes there's also there's a step. A lot of times that when I discover we're talking about mental health and and 
us being humans, right? There's that step where we we are ignoring our issues, we go to recognizing our issues, we go to talking to others about our issues, which you know, I talk to people with my issues all the time, talk to others about our issues, and but somewhere in there before talking to others about our issues and living like a you know, living a better life, there's that bit where it's like I'm talking about my issues and I'm still fucking up, right? So everybody's, a lot of us, a lot of people in general have that accepting of yourself and your fucked up shit, but you're in that in-between zone where you're not still done with your, you haven't, you yourself haven't actually internalized it and learned it. Like you haven't, you haven't grown, you recognize it and you know to talk to me about it, right? but you ain't necessarily got your other foot off that banana peel yet, right? Okay. So maybe that's where he's at. But maybe you, let's, let's, I don't know, my next podcast, let's see if we can identify somebody else who has some time on the couch, you know, <laughs> like I said, who I our mean, friends ain't looking for with a pickaxe. Maybe not. I mean, like I said, it's just, it's, all these people are grown, doing grown right. people shit. Like, yeah, we're not partying. Right. We're, you know, they, folks got kids, folks got yeah. relationships, folks are trying to, like, you know, what am I leaving, said kids. Yeah. You know, what am I trying to do about the shit going on today? Yeah. And it's really, and it really puts a... A different it draws a difference between the cats who came up with us who are in our age group and kids kids artists today who right. openly say I don't care if I grow up I don't I'm, I can be Peter Pan out this bitch like right. I don't care if I grow up I don't care I'm gonna keep doing basically these party anthems or whatever whatever until I become irrelevant I'm gonna cash out get out like I don't care about making classics. I don't right. care about 20 years from now touring. I'm going to try to tour now, get this money, and be irrelevant by the time I'm 25. Or even worse, they don't, a lot of cats aren't realizing that they're going to be irrelevant by the time I'm 25. They, they, they think irrelevance is never going to come because they're riding so high now. But I think what happens with even guys like, like the guys that you're naming, there is a point like I haven't heard dilated, like no one's mentioned dilated's name in my circle in a long time, and they've always been great, right? right? There's just that bit where the, the world moves on. In comics, a similar thing happens where an artist who's hot shit right now, who might even be able to be like the founder of a company or start a major sort of like a, an art movement or whatever, he's got a good five years where he's the center of the damn universe there, and then he or she, and then year six, seven, and eight, they're on some like, okay, now I gotta, I'm gonna do something creator own because now I'm looking at what that royalty level is like, what that check is like, what am I, what am I producing for me? For you, yeah. right? And in some cases, some of these people's cases, that's, an, that's a success story. It happens. It will happen for you. In other people's cases, you know the right thing to do is to hang your own shingle out there. But now the, rev the realization is that some of that time you spent working for Marvel and DC might have really just been spent making Marvel and DC a lot of damn money. Of while money. you, yourself, without that machine behind you, you're finding a tougher road to hoe. Now... There's the fan base then that grew up with you when you were at Marvel at DC. They'll follow you anywhere. But that new fan group coming in, now they don't know who you are, right? right? And you see that sometimes where it's like, I can hear an artist saying to me, this is not what I thought it was going to be, but I got to do what I got to do, right? And you know, at least at some previous point, they were thinking to themselves, this is awesome. I've made it. This, I got my dream gig. I'm drawing Spider-Man or I'm writing Batman, right? You know, that's the yeah, dream gig. Right, right. But now when it becomes, I got this new thing coming out from Boom or it's coming out from Image or it's coming out from, like, there's guys who've done Image books that I thought for sure, that's just going to be nice and hot because that dude is awesome. And then I realized that dude's awesome. His whole fan base was back when he was doing, like, a DC or Marvel book and those guys weren't willing to follow him yeah. to Image where his shit's great. 
what the hell just happened? And how is that possible? Right? And now he might be on the couch with somebody being like, I thought I was the shit. You know? Okay. Like, it, sometimes the audience ain't where you are. You know what I mean? And yeah, that yeah. might be kind of a thing. That's just, that's truth. That's truth. Now, you got some music shit. I do. I got music shit. So, uh, first, we'll keep it in the hip hop van. I'm going to skip the one band because okay. um, I did. So, I'm going to agree that Sky Zoo is great, the, the new album, because I've started listening to it. But then there's also Boz. I just discovered Boz. Okay. Um, I'm hoping it's pronounced Boz because it's only B A S. There's only so many ways to pronounce that. Um, I went and looked up his like his 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 uh, Wikipedia shit. His whole story is interesting. It, I think at some point, what must have happened was when the Black Panther soundtrack came out. Mm-hmm. I was like listening to it or the thing that we were calling the Black Panther soundtrack because I have an issue with that as a yeah. how, how things get to be soundtracks on Spotify. But so I'm listening to that thing, and it must have been a track that had him on it. And I was like, "Who's on this track?" And then I just start clicking, and you go down right. the hyperlink like yeah. rabbit hole thing, right? <laughs> right. So what I've what I've been doing lately to not have to think so much about music is that I um, just started playing songs alphabetically one day, right? And I got to the D's, and then Don't Front came on. I don't, I don't know how much Boz you've listened to, but Don't Front like was such a low key, cool like, like like expression of he's not he's not just saying take me seriously, right? Okay. He's he's saying he's saying don't bullshit me, right? It's a song about like just because you know, and I feel like man, you know what everyone has felt like to someone, bruh, don't don't bullshit me. You know what I mean? And I was like, when it came on, I just kept rewinding it. Like, wait, what just happened there? Oh, what just happened? That's awesome. I love this song. Who is this dude, right? And then I accidentally clicked in Spotify to save his entire album or half his discography or something like that. So now his tracks just keep coming up in my random shuffle. And I'm loving them, right? And I was like, shit, all right, you know what? We, we, I don't have to argue about mumble rappers anymore. I have found actual decent rappers. So now I don't have to, I don't have to hate on the rappers I hate. Yeah. I can hate them. In yeah, my heart. In your heart. But I don't have to hate them out loud, right? Because I've discovered rappers out loud that yes. I can talk about, right? Yes. New dudes, new yes. cats coming up. Yes. Who have made albums. Who have made albums. Not just mixtapes. Not just mixtapes. Not just mixtapes. You, you... The hip-hop gods have shown a light down on me. Uh... Temporarily. Temporarily, because I know the hip-hop gods. I know how fickle they are. I know music how... gods You're in right. general are. It is the music incredible. gods. It's the music gods. Music themselves. gods in general are fickle as shit. You are, yep. The pro wrestling gods are fickle. The comics <laughs> gods are fickle. The music gods. What are god, gods by gen- by nature are fickle? Fuck them. So, um, Boz discovered that like um, um, his latest album is called Too High to Riot, right? And everything I've heard from it, I've liked, right? Next up, there's a, a prog metal band out of Australia called Caligula's Horse, right? Um, I'm. The name is awesome. I don't know. <laughs> well, because uh, some guys in the band, there's like a guy in the band who's an archaeologist, right? And a historian. And he like was doing something about ancient Rome or whatever the hell. And apparently Caligula was obsessed with his prize horse, right? Okay. And so they, the band's called Caligula's Horse. And they kind of do like sci-fi themed like prog metal, right? But like they do it when I, I don't know if on the podcast if I've talked about the band Haken before, which I also have listed here. Um, because Haken's album, Affinity, is one of my favorite albums. But I've been listening to some of Haken's older stuff. They're similar to Haken in terms of like that, that, that like low-key like uh, uh, prog metal feel with a little bit of like dream theater metalness, but also a little bit of Floyd in there. The vocals sound like they got a little edge of falsetto to them. So like if you took the vocals of like Peter, Peter Gabriel era Genesis, right, or something like that, or like, like the register that Sting sings in, 
right? And apply that to a prog metal context, you get what Caligula's Horse and Haken do, and they're really good, right? I happen to like like extended, uh, like seven-minute songs, eight-minute songs. You said low-key prog metal. I did, yeah. What would, what would not, what would not low-key prog metal be? Uh, not low-key prog metal would be uh, maybe something a little more like Porcupine Tree When They Get Heavy or uh, some symphonic death metal like um, Dark Tranquility or bands like that. Yeah. I just can't think of what low-key prog metal is. Ow. I thought by definition, you go. prog metal. So, by low-key, it's that bit where you can, you more melody, where you can feel more melody than having to just do a thousand time signature changes, right? It doesn't have to be like, if you're listening to um, Animals as Leaders or Periphery, they're going to hit you with a million damn time changes, right? They're going to be awesome. They're going to be really good. But they don't have to like, shout out to Tosin Abasi, by the way. So this is a Black Nerd podcast. Animals as Leaders, lead guitar player, brother named Tosin Abasi, you know. Okay. Awesome ass, like, hair and shit. Like, okay. Of the, of the family. I fucked with it. Right. For the culture? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I should point that out. For the culture. But, so, to me, there is a, there is a, like, hitting you over the head kind of a prog metal thing, and then there's a kind of, like, taking you on a ride prog metal thing, and when it's taking you on a ride prog metal thing, I'm considering, like, kind of a low-key, like, in terms of, like, in terms okay. of tone, heaviness, whatever. You okay. Know? Versus some other bands that are giving you no bricks. They got you by the neck, and they're just dragging you down the street with it, right? It's that that to me is different. So that's, that's why I assume the prog metal would be. It ain't always that. It ain't always that. It ain't always that. You, we when, we're when, learning when, new shit when here. It's, when it's when it's when when attention is paid to melody first, right? In, in terms of it just being like a, a verse, bridge, chorus, solo, song structure, right? When attention is paid to melody first, it can be a little. You can it can be a little. I won't call it accessible because that'll make Tom Hamburgers like. Ears like perk up and his, his hair stand on end because he hates accessibility. I won't call it that, but I will say that it's a it's if you're not used to prog, that is a good way in. When when melody is where we start, okay, you know. Um, and quicksand. So quicksand is a new album called Interiors. Quicksand's an old school. Um, what, what some people what I would call like a post punk band. Like they came out of like punk and hardcore bands back in the day, and then they put together like this band that was really fucking dope-ass band, but the problem is they could never stay together because one member would quit, and they didn't want to do it. They didn't want to be a band without one of these members. But um, it's been like almost maybe 20 years since they released an album, and it's been a long-ass time, and they finally all got together, recorded something that's really damn good. Like, it, it's... it's You can tell some time passed between their last album and now. You can feel that. Okay. Right? Um, but, like, it's... Time has passed. They've grown up. At least three of the four of them grew up because the fourth dude got arrested on tour shoplifting from some joint in Arizona, and he's out of the band. So now they're a three-piece after all. <laughs> but the quick standard for bands, for fans of like, you know, Helmet and Soundgarden and bands like that, okay. like that's, that's, I guess, the most easily well-known bands I could suggest if you're thinking of a band like Quicksand, but like they're, they're kind of unique in that while they are heavy, they can also kind of pull that thing that Soundgarden would do where some of those tracks that don't have to be as heavy as shit like in a, okay. like they can they can go a little soul asylum on you while still having lots of crunch and and when it is time to like stretch out and solo or something they're all coming from this like it's, it's almost like they're coming from like a jazz context or something like that like it's cool it's cool and they don't have nine minute long songs like Dream Theater who has 16 minute long songs it's, it's again it's, it's starting from like that punk bass okay. of them being relatively short songs or like normal length songs 
And music-wise, that might be what I've really been into. Next up, the TV joint, which I put a couple things down. You got anything in TV? I ain't got nothing in TV. You sure? Well, I got things I would suggest you watch. Okay. I mean, I've, I've the time I spend not watching TV, I spend listening to music. Okay. Okay. So that's that's kind of my. I was pretty much the only things on TV that I watch are shows that I know most of, um, most of our fan base ain't watching the kind of shit I'm watching. Because I gotta like the same way I have like this weak spot. But, but, but for, that's why we're here, baby. No, America here. already knows that I have this weak spot for like crime-fighting vehicle shows and criminal procedurals and shit like that, right? So um, I don't have a crime-fighting vehicle show, but I've been watching SEAL Team. Like, that's my favorite damn show on TV, which I was talking to somebody about this, and they were, like, afraid they would be, like, kind of ooh-rah, America's military, but it isn't that at all. It's kind of like The Unit, even though David Mamet is problematic. It's a lot like The Unit, right, and a police procedural, and it's cool and really well done. So I love it. Um... <laughs> and Ashley would like us to talk about Baychella, which I caught a little bit of because no. I, I had my D&D meetup the other night and my friend Sarah was watching it. Like, I guess YouTube, uh, YouTube yeah, yeah, the of it yeah, yeah. was watching it. Um, and it was awesome. Just the things that kept coming across the screen while I was sort of like prepping for a deal. So we weren't even playing yet. And I'm like getting set up. And every so often I look over and there's like a second line on stage. Or like, I was like, what is, no. what is, it's like a family reunion's going on over there. What is happening right there? Shout out to Destiny Child. All of it. Like it was just great. Like, yeah. every, okay. Yes. I, I, I can't. There. We're talking about Baychella because there's nothing we can say about Baychella other than everyone else is going to have to step it the fuck up. Because Beyonce is coming for souls. <laughs> Like the if, fucking Grim Reaper you concerts. Know, you are getting a concert. Beyonce's I, but, in town. I'm loving. The, I'm loving also like the. I mean, we get we did lift every voice and sing in a non-black context, which wowed everybody. Everybody, what is this song? And I'm lift every voice. Oh God! To <laughs> heaven. Like every time I have to explain lift every voice to somebody, I just feel like oh, okay. Now is coming a level of blackness you weren't prepared for. A level of blackness you were not prepared for. <laughs> you were not prepared. I'm going to explain it to you. Now we're going to have to sing it. And damn it, if we get to that point, if we get to that point, there's going to be Which problems. we will. Which yeah. we will. Like, if you mention it, like, what is this song? Yeah. Like, I got to go back and explain. Then you got to drop a well, singer song. Did they drop a singer song verse in there? Because that's every, every day in school. We, we did it. Yeah. Every we day did in school. It. In the, we in had to memorize school. it. We had to memorize yeah. it. In fifth grade, we have to memorize this song, and that's yeah. so the Destiny's Child coming back and all that, like all this shit happening, and the think pieces. I love the fact that there are people who are actually waiting on Beyonce, not just to do something, but to do something so they can write about it and say they hate it. Yeah, well, contrarian motherfuckers, contrarian <laughs> motherfuckers are out Keep here. Keep Beyonce's name out your mouth, man. No, I mean, because I mean, you ain't. She doesn't care. No, she because, doesn't. But you, but because, you're not going to write anything negative about Beyonce that's ever going to stick, because we know. And she up, and she is the bay, in the Beehive. Yeah, and the Beehive is coming for you, man. Yeah, and they coming for yeah. next. Yeah, they'll dock you. They they'll coming dock for you. next, yeah. and that's so pleasurable. They know where you live. That's so pleasurable yeah. to me, and the fact that you know, <laughs> the thought that you know. So we have friends who are going to the the on the run yeah. tour too, and Jay's coming along because we can't leave Jay at home. By himself. Can't, Jay can't be trusted to be staying home by himself. Jay can't, yeah. No, you're not feeding these babies peanut butter sandwiches. Get your ass in the car. No, going on tour. No, 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 because Becky's going to come through. And we ain't dealing with that. I know what it is. We ain't dealing with that. We know what it is. And people spending huge amounts of money right. doing the thing. I got no problem with that. It's just, it's it's funny that 
the haterism comes out, and as someone pointed out, like all these, all these accusations are actually kind of compliments. Like she's so much a you know a perfectionist. Yeah, okay. Man. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Right. How come all the songs that Jay makes that she's on a booty, but all the songs that she does that Jay's on a fire? Okay. Okay. Because <laughs> she's in charge so, of the so production. So what you're saying is it's all this shit, but it's so haterism and it's so great. Um, I saw highlights of it. Um, my girls, home girls were going nuts and like, oh shit, this is the greatest. This is the greatest shit ever. <laughs> I got no problem. Like, I got no problem with Beyonce. Beyonce does a thing. Um, the fact that I have issues with, with, with Coachella and in general, and with outdoor festivals and shit like that, I got issues with that. But if you, you know, and the fact that the same stage she was on, Migos was on, like, and yeah. these cats suck and yeah. know they suck at performing. Mm, yeah. It's one thing if you got a catchy song out, another thing if you can perform it in front of people. I will say that though, like from what I understand, like the the way I experienced that entire Beyonce situation, I just assumed no one else performed at Coachella. I thought Beyonce just came up and it was like a, it was a field of sand, and then it was like Fury Road happened, and then somebody burned like some like somebody in effigy, and then the next thing you know, Beyonce was like fifty feet up in the air and witness me, bam, and and then everybody went home. And some people might not even be home yet; they're still out there in the desert. You know, witness me. I don't know who else would have performed at Coachella this year. Why would you? I just know me. You should all be in the audience watching Beyonce. Um, so I'm good with that. Um, so yeah. Um, so that's why. Okay. So that's a touch. Continue on TV. Um, the Expanse is back, which literally just makes my like a year ago this time American Gods had just started. American Gods isn't back yet, and I remember just being over the moon about American Gods and the Expanse. I think was already on. The Expanse has come back. It's on season three. It is the best sci-fi show, I think, since Battlestar Galactica started. Like, nothing has come close to doing space opera this damn well, to doing, like, sci-fi drama this well. This show's killing it. And every season is not just better than the last season. It's leaps and bounds better than the last season. It's deeper than the last season. Like, so far, we've only had one episode of season three, and I'm like, every day I'm checking my on-demand to be like, is there a new episode yet? No, there is not, but it's back, and I'm all over it. And apparently, over the weekend, when I wasn't paying attention, Lost in Space dropped on Netflix. I thought I had months to wait for this, right? And I did not have months. They gave it all to me, like, pretty much. I just found out about Lost in Space, like, three weeks ago, right? Boom, it's here. And I'm, like, maybe seven episodes in, and I dig it. It's really damn good. And I was a huge fan of the original Lost in Space, yeah. right? Both theme songs, right? I was a, a, in color and black and white. I own all of it, right? Like, I was a huge fan. I was even okay, more or less, with that movie that got made. I only had one real problem with it, and is that I didn't actually get adult Billy Mooney to meet young Will Robinson. Like, that was a thing that they should have done. They missed an opportunity there. But, like, this show is phenomenal. And, and Parker Posey is Dr. Smith is some next level evil manipulative shit here. It's, it's, it's Hannibal in space, right? It's pretty damn good. Like, and they, 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 they stretched it out. It isn't just like the, the, the Robinson family on the Jupiter 2. They went like, they're going all straight up like space opera-ish with it. And they've expanded that cast and expanded some of the, the themes and drama. Like, a lot of it has callbacks to the original show, right? But I'm not done with the first season, but I'm glad this is a thing. And Black Lightning, yeah, I think I've decided I'm good. Yeah, okay. I'm, like I don't often like make note of shows I've stopped watching, 
But I think if I'm watching Black Lightning, it's kind of like like when Netflix has a Marvel show and you get to episode seven and you know what it is. You know, it's not good. You're only watching it because your friends are talking about it at this point. You know what I mean? Like, ain't nobody making any damn sense in a damn show and you know it. You're just, and why are you still, we're just there. We're there because you're going to go to brunch with somebody and they're going to be like, ooh, you see that? Or, Did you see what just happened on Jessica Jones? Yes. Yes, I saw what happened with Jessica Jones. <sighs> yeah, I'll, I'll Bloody Mary. You know, that's what it is. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm waiting on the Black Lightning. Lightning literally gave me what it was I wanted. And by the time they did, all the other metaphors and shit in Black Lightning are kind of really annoying me. Really annoying me. If I get one more vague-ass 90s hip-hop reference, if if I got to have, like, like do you get, inspirational... Do you get said vague 90s hip-hop reference? Do I get it? Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. I get it. You go... But it's a little, oh. it's a little on the nose is my problem. Like you know what I'm saying? Like, there's... Everything about this show is some metaphor for some easy-ass, like, black history term paper 101 shit that... I'm just kind of done with by now. Okay. Right? Okay. Black Lightning, it, man, even The Flash has figured out a way to just be a good superhero drama, comedy, whatever the fuck Dang. it is on TV, right? Even that. Like, um, Black Lightning, yeah. Okay. I might, I might literally be like, but Atlanta's back on. I heard. Which I just watched the weirdest damn episode this morning. Holy shit. Donald Glover might need some couch time because I think, I think he he's a crazy time. person. Oh, man. Wow. Everybody I know loves Atlanta. Loves it to death. Um, Shout out to Keith Stansfield, though, because that, that dude, yeah. That dude a is year on. from now, I think he should have his own show. Yeah, I think he should. I'm not saying he will. I know he's got a movie coming out. Yes. You know, they started in. Yeah, but, like, that I'm all over. You're, you're not feeling the movie? No, I mean, I'm feeling the whole thing. Like, I love the fact I'm, I'm I'm good with people who are going forward with their careers and like using their shit to springboard. Yeah, I'm totally good with that, especially the fact that that seems to be the way it shit gets done now. Yeah. Like, you won't give me a move like Tiffany Haddish has done it. Like all these other people yeah. have done it. Like, you won't bring me in as an unknown. So I'm going to get with some people who, you know, have a foothold. They're gonna let me be in their stuff, and you get to see how good I am. Then when I come out and go, okay, who's paying me? Yeah, somebody's going to somebody's going to yeah. write me a check. I'm totally good with that. Um, I hate the fact that that seems to be how business gets done right now. You know, there are I some people. A lot who of things are, in the industry about being risk averse, though, right? In every industry. a lot. It's, it's so risk averse, especially when it's not you end risky. Up, yeah, right. So <laughs> this is why you end up with, with like clonism and shit. Like this is why you, we start asking ourselves questions like. Um, why isn't there more good shit? There isn't more good shit because the industry is risk averse. And if you're going to be risk averse, when something hits, you're going to go look for more things like that like hit, that. Mm -hmm. right? And then if somebody's going to break out from that, they had to be in that first, right? Like I heard like like an uh, interview with Kevin Hart the other day, and Kevin Hart is saying, you know, that he basically just, he's known Tiffany Haddish for years. He just discovered Tiffany Haddish, and he was basically looking out for her and all this kind of shit. And I just kept thinking to myself. At first, I was like. Right. Well, Tiffany Haddish connected to Kevin Hart. Good looking out, Kevin. And then the more he talked about her, I was kind of like, you should stop talking about it, Kevin. You should really, you, you should stop. You should stop because tomorrow you're going to fuck up something in your career. And I would like you to not be reminding people that you yeah, know you Tiffany Haddish, right? Like, can we not do that? Or she's going to say that she doesn't know you. Oh, yeah, which <laughs> it's Kevin Hart. That's okay. Yeah. 
That's fine. Right. Cameron Hunt's working, though. I give him that. Yeah, sure. But I just, I just had that vibe, like, ah, damn it. All right. Hey, hey, Kevin, thanks. All right, Kevin, we good? We good? We good? You know, like that. Uh, what else we got? We got, um... Yeah, scroll down. Scroll down. There we go. Comics. Comics. Have you, you, you bumped up into any comics that you've... Because uh, um, the shit I'm about to drop on, you're going to love. <laughs> Are you ready? Yeah. Are you ready, people? Yeah, yeah. Um, Troy doesn't know, but I'm going to drop two things on Troy, <laughs> like right off the bat, that are about to be two, two things of Troy's newest favorite shit. You just don't know it yet. Newest favorite shit, don't even know Troy it. Troy don't know. And it could be your favorite shit, right. too. Um, and you can buy it at... No. Oh, because what? the things I'm about to describe are going to make them do some work. Oh. I'm not even like, 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 you know, people, America, you know, I own Third Coast Comics at 6443 North Sheridan Road. Right up here on Loyola's campus in Rogers Edge, I, being the mayor of Rogers Edge, have no problem promoting my shit. What I'm about to do right now is for your benefit, perhaps someday for my benefit, but for your benefit because I'm actually going to promote a thing that I don't carry in my store. You're going to have to go to the internet and order said thing. And it is. <laughs> the damn it, microphone. The Concru. Concru is a French comic, right? It's done by this dude named Eric Herengill. Right? Um, he's been working, from what I understand, he's been working in Europe for a long time, right? For quite some time. Kong Crew is basically, it's a, a part World War II, like, fighter pilot story, and part King Kong runs New York. He's taken over New York, right? All of it. He and. Awesome Gorilla Grodd shit? Like. Kind of, yes. Kind of, yes. New York is largely uninhabitable because King Kong is in it, and it's become like Skull Island. He's made it like Skull Island, right? So if you need to get in there and get in there and get out, you got to do that because it's got dinosaurs and pterodactyls and all kinds of shit happening and other giant fucking animals or whatever, and it is Kong ruling it like, 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 like a mafia don, but he's Kong, right? Right. Like, and he's, it's, 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 Oh, it's amazing. And the reason I'm pointing it out is because I've been on this European comic kick lately. Um, I had to order this from France, right? And there was not really a way for me to, like, order it in a wholesale capacity. So I think my man needs an American publisher okay. so that I can, like, be able to order it as a wholesaler, or as a retailer, rather. And right now I can't. And so I'm putting it up here, and I'm showing Troy, because I have not showed this to Troy yet. And I just want to show you, America, the line work we're talking about here. Look at that. Give it that. Dig that, dig that craftsmanship. I love comics with solid ass, like like draftsmanship, solid craftsmanship. This pen, this brushwork, this is inking with a brush, dude. Like, it's great. You know, it's really good. So here's a here's a pterodactyl versus Mustang uh, scene happening here. I don't normally give you guys a lot of interiors to comics and shit, but I'm doing that now. Seems like y'all need to know. My mom wants me to tell y'all hello. Hey, mom, what's up? All right. Uh, okay, Brian, the answer to your question is Green Lantern Earth 1 by Gabriel Hardman. It's a hardcover thing. Um, so you could look up the Kong crew, right, on the internet. There. Look up Kong crew on the internet, and you'll get, like, a link in France um, and you can order it, and it cost me like seven dollars US, 
basically for this issue. Okay. And I think there's supposed to be more issues coming. So it's not like a graphic novel or anything. You just might have to like be up on it for when it's coming out. Okay. I found it, if you're into comics and you're following like local artists and things, I found it because Gene Ha, local gra graphic novelist, comics dude, solid all-around guy, one of the like five best pencilers I know currently working in comics, Gene Ha posted on his Facebook, right, because he'd just gotten his copy and shit. And... When I bought this, the dude sent me the book, and then he sent me, like, a, a bunch of postcards and all kinds of cool shit, right? Hmm. Um, so I feel like, you know what? What the hell? For, like, seven bucks U.S. or whatever, whenever he drops a new one, I'll, I'll order it. You know what I mean? But I, will, I really want him to get with, like, somebody like Lions Forge or somebody like that or Dark Horse to be able to actually publish it here at a reasonable price so I can carry it in the shop. I can't. But I want you to know that it's, it's out there so that you can get with it now. Because I'm on a European comics kick... I went through my collection. I started finding out old Mobius comics and things, ah. like Blueberry. So Jean Giraud is this French dude who I consider to be one of the top three or four graphic novelists and comic book artists who's ever lived, right? He is so good. He was so good that as Jean Giraud, he did any number of like artistic awesome things, right? He's got a long-ass history. But he created this other persona for himself called Mobius in which he had an entirely different art style. Right. The man had two separate art styles that he did books with that if you look at them, you would not think the same guy is doing these things, right? Some of which I actually own. So Blueberry is a, a like a Jean Giraud um, thing, and it's basically like a, a straight-up, it's a straight-up Western is what it is, right? And to give you an idea of what he was doing way back when, Lieutenant Blueberry, I'm going to like just... Slide some of that by you. I just happen to have a bunch of this stuff in my house because I'm always accepting comics that people give me and or finding them for really great prices. And you know, I have no problem like you know acquiring them and acquiring recognizing, them. recognizing their greatness. But this is him doing the Inkle as Mobius with a uh, Jodorowsky, and you'll notice that these lines are a lot cleaner. And this is more like a sci-fi vibe. And you've, you've seen his work before because you've watched things like The Fifth Element, you know, right. or Heavy Metal, the movie, or, yeah, there we go. I was thinking the thing happened. All right, there we go. A lot cleaner style, you know. This dude, his storytelling ability, his pacing, his ability to set a mood, they're, they're, there aren't many guys who've done it on this level. Maybe, maybe, like, in, in this way, I would consider guys like uh, Katsuhiro Otomo, who did Akira. Yeah, yeah. It'd be, like, that level of great. And I've just got, like, three different volumes of, like, the Inkle here by Jodorowsky and uh, Mobius that Troy needs to thumb through there before Troy goes. Okay. Um, <laughs> and I think there might have been one more. Um, oh, Attack uh, Attack. It is a YouTube series. It was a TV show in France in the early 70s, right? Okay. And Tack All Tack is, I guess, the, the translation is like when two people are speaking very quickly, one person says something, and the other person responds really fast, like okay. a really quick back and forth okay. in a conversation. Um, the premise of the show is this. Every episode, three artists are put in a room together with a big like a whiteboard or a large kind of a sheet of drawing paper or whatever and markers and pens or whatever, and they're basically told to just smoke and drink and hang out and kick it and then all work on a big-ass drawing together. All right? And the first episode I saw okay. was Neil Adams, <laughs> Joe Kubert, and Mobius in a room together, just smoking cigarettes, drinking whiskey, and, like, drawing. And, and so it's in French, so for the, when the artists aren't French, you can hear them kind of talking or whatever. Yeah. And they decided that what they were going to do in the episode I was watching was that they would each do, they would do like a, the theme, they, they can decide on a theme, uh -huh. and they would do, they decided they would do past, present, and future. Okay. So uh, Neil Adams took the, 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 
past. I think Mobius took the present, and I think that uh, Joe Cuber took the future. No, Joe Cuber took the past because he was drawing cavemen. And I think Adams took the future because he was drawing like space dudes with like rockets. And, and Mobius kicked the whole thing off for the present. He drew like, he just started off by drawing just a box with a lid open. And then everything else came out of it. It was amazing, right? And I must have, me and some friends sat here like uh, um, Saturday night. We sat here, and it must have been uh, me and Michael Hunt and Christian Alamy and a, a couple other people who were sitting here in the room just watching YouTube on the big monitor here, the same where we're sitting right now. And we might have watched like eight or nine episodes of this shit, right? And there, there's talent from like the 70s that we just didn't even know existed out there. Yeah, yeah. Or we weren't given, like some of these cats are still around, like Neil Adams, you know? And I, this, I think this only came up too because I had a Neil Adams on the brain thing because I saw Neil Adams at C2E2. I got a little like up in some dude's grill at C2E2 at Neil Adams' table because he was talking to Neil Adams like Neil Adams was just some dude with a booth. And then he, he wanted to like get Neil Adams to do some artwork for him. And then he asked Neil Adams for a business card. And I must, I must have listened to this conversation for like, instead of just looking at Neil Adams' his like, his pages and all his pages, his original work was like, you know, this piece, $2,000, this piece, $8,000. There was something in Neil Adams' portfolio just laying on the table that was like $12,000 for like one page. And this dude says to him, you got a business card or something? And I just, everything went black, man. I just, <laughs> I couldn't believe a dude was asking Neil Adams for a business card. So I might have got a little out of pocket with my man right there, because I said, did you just ask Neil Adams for a business card? You want a business card from Neil Adams? I'll tell you how to get a business card from Neil Adams. <laughs> Neil Adams is responsible for every cool thing that you've ever seen in comics probably your entire life, starting from like the late 60s to early 70s on. <laughs> if you liked it in comics, more than likely it was influenced by Neil Adams. The man's sitting right here. You're sitting here. You're standing here asking literal comic book history for a business card. You want a business card from Neil Adams? Google him. Neil fucking Adams. Google Neil fucking Adams, and you'll find everything that you possibly need. That's what you need. Neil Adams' business card. Man, are you new? And the dude walked you, away. You straight gatekeep, though. And then, and, and then, well, Neil Adams just said, I, I think I'd like you to just stand at the edge of my table for the rest of the <laughs> afternoon. Because <laughs> I was insulted, man. I ain't got $8,000 to buy a damn page of the great Neil Adams' fucking work. But you're going to watch this man for a business card? Where? What is? Come on, now. Who? who? Nah. I mean, if you got like a restaurant where you need some shit like painted on the side of it, like like you know, like twelve feet high and thirty feet wide, I get it, right? You you got like you you got a chain of burger joints where the bacon is the theme. You can ask Neil Adams for a business card because maybe you can afford to buy something from that dude, but I can't. And I know this dude couldn't either, so I was pissed. How you gonna front? Don't front. You know I got you open. <laughs> So I kind of might have snapped on my man. And that was my C2E2. And that <laughs> was my C2E2. I'm just walking around buying a little shit. That was Sunday. I was, a, I was a C2E2 on Sunday for two hours. And basically I walked up to Neil Adams' booth, snapped on some dude, and went home. <laughs> well, guess I got home now. I've done my job. In sports, you guys don't know this, but for the first time ever, Troy and I are in a fantasy baseball league together. And I don't think it's going well for either of us, which is not the end of the world because there's only like six dudes in this league. Yeah. It's just our, us and Actually, you know, four of the homies. You are playing me right now, and yeah. you have doubled me. That was last week. I beat you. No. You lost that game. No, I lost to, no, I lost to uh, Sherman. Really? Yes. I'm playing you this week. Are and you, you sure? have doubled me. Yes. There was a day last week where I'm playing. I was sure paying of, attention. Right, Ladies and gentlemen, team, wait, I was paying attention. Okay, what's the name of your team? Bank Aaron. That was you. That was last week. Nope, I beat you already. Sherman last week. 
I beat his ass so bad, you he don't know who hit him. That's a damn shot. <laughs> no. That's a, no, because that's a damn lie. Okay. Because or, or the, or on the, the last, I was up 30 points yep. on the last day, and everybody pitched. Everybody I started had negatives. And I ended up losing by 20. That's how my shit went. I, I'm pretty sure I played Bank Aaron last week. But here's what's important. Here's what's important. All right. The problem I'm having with this fantasy baseball league and this fantasy baseball, I, I love baseball. I'm having a problem with literal climate change is fucking up our entire baseball season. Because <laughs> I've had more damn postponed games. Because Not because it rained and a game got rained out. We've had more postponed games because it's hard to play baseball when it's 20 degrees and snowing. Because baseball is not meant to be played that way, and at not all. because baseball players are a bunch of punk asses who can't play when it's cold. It's because the physics of baseball matter and are change. affected by weather change, and it is just pitchers are literally saying they can't grip the ball. And I know this matters because gripping of the ball and the way the ball spins and what it feels like right. are all important. Integral. Cannot grip the ball. I have a solution to this problem. Besides playing indoors? Well, because, yeah, besides, because no one's going to literally rebuild the shrine called Wrigley Field. You know, the museum known as Wrigley Field isn't going to be rebuilt. I would like them to just put a big-ass umbrella over the damn thing and just run the heat. They can afford it, but that's not going to happen either. No. What I literally think they ought to do is, during spring training, they should decide that the last two weeks of spring training, those games count. Start your season during spring training in Florida last and Arizona. two weeks in Florida and Arizona, right? California if you got to do it, right? Mm. Texas, expand your spring training locations to all warm weather states. Okay. You let the last two weeks count, right? And it doesn't matter to me if the hometown Cubs fans can't go to a Cubs game in Texas or Florida or Arizona. I don't really give a shit. But Iowa. the games get in. Okay. No, Iowa's in the north. I, mean, well, I, was, no? I was thinking Iowa's a minor league team. It I, is. It is what I'm saying. More importantly, the, 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 the stadiums they use aren't being used, right? So they're already in stadiums where there's already fans who can fit. It doesn't make a difference. If 65,000 fans can't get in, so what? If only 8,000 fans can get in, great. So that means now it's an event, right? right? You are starting your seasons all on the road in warm weather cities or towns or whatever the hell. You're bringing economy to those places because now the games count, Right. And you get them shits in. But only you get a certain it. amount of economy because only 8,000 people can show up. No, everybody, 60, only 8,000 people can get into the stadium. But where Everyone can just sit up on a town. What about the other 48,000 people where they aren't? Fuck them. Fuck. But economy, man. Yeah. Capitalism. So eat a burger down the street. Look, you, the, towns, get will, the, the towns will get built up around the places the people can't fit in. You don't know how many times I've been to an event where I could not afford to go in but I had a good time anyway just outside that's, because that's all I could do. That's SEC tailgate. That's football tailgate. Yes, right? Use the same philosophy during spring training for baseball, right? Use it anyway. You will attract people down there. Man, there's a whole lot of people who go down to New Orleans during Mardi Gras who don't actually do Mardi Gras. Because New Orleans. Because New Orleans. Because there's other things you can do to be a part of it without being right in the middle of the shit, Right? Right, yeah. you can do that. And every place ain't Chicago, so That's so true. get on down there. Get, let those games count. You will get good starts out of your pitchers. You'll get good. You'll get off to good starts, and then when you come back to your cold weather cities, now you can actually afford to give some of your guys a break. Right, you ain't got to go running cats out there because it's the beginning of the damn season, and John Lester needs to go out there and have a nine ERA and get shelled because it's thirty degrees. You send Eddie Butler's ass out there to go get shelled. You know he doesn't matter. He's, he's happy to be here. But every game matters. It's 162 of them. They don't all matter the same. 
You people, start your season people, off right. People lose. People lose divisions by a game. America, I'm a genius. I don't, I, okay. <laughs> okay. I just love the fact. Also, shout out to my cats. Okay. Okay. To to In Masani Landfair, who I've known since high school, dead on one of the one of this person, this this wonderful human being that I've known for a lot of my life, who I've recently become reconnected with, love them to death. They are always on point with the wisdom. Artists on all levels rarely get respect. Yeah. Yep. Because those of us who are into the arts, who are respecting the artists, we're like, there's a different tier for us. There's a different tier. There's a different tier. So, like, it's, you know, the, the rest of the pyramid are busy not necessarily respecting the cats. And some of those who are in our tier who are paying attention to the arts are just shitting on it because that's kind of what they do. I'm not a hater. I, I can be a dick, but I ain't a hater. Except for, as I was asked to talk about WrestleMania, where I made it my job to hate on every single thing on my screen. During WrestleMania, I was a heel fan, but I was also really tired because I had an entire weekend of C2E2. So I did. I showed up heel fan, and people, I think friends in the room got a little tired of me. I'll be better next time, y'all. But I could not help it. It was hard to get out of my own way with my hate. Your contrarian shit is just... I mean, but I, 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 off the I admire the fact yeah. that once you set that course, yeah. once you set your sails for contrarian, you ride that shit to you it fall has been, off the It edge. has been said of me that Terry Gantt 100% believes everything he's saying at the moment he says it. And I, yes, on my gravestone. Is that an epitaph? That should, <laughs> that's an epitaph. <laughs> that should probably be what Epitaph. <laughs> Welcome, Tiff. <laughs> Maybe Tiff didn't know we had a podcast. Tiff's one of our, she was like maybe week one when I opened the shop, Tiff. Tiff Tate was a customer of mine. Could still be a customer of mine if I hadn't moved across Devon, because I think Tiff won't bring herself and her little dog across Devon Avenue, like some people. <coughs> you know. But Roger's Edge. Mara, right here. What? 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 It's perfectly fine. Look, come on, man. It's Roger's Park, Edgewater. What else would you call it? Roger's Park or yes. Edgewater. So the reason Roger's, okay, let me explain it to you. Okay. You'll take Spleco. Okay, here's, here's why. All right? Because, specifically in a business context, right, there is a need to develop a particular zone yes. of businesses that are connected, even if they're not directly connected. They are connected because you are in a, the business district, is what Rogers Edge is. It is not that you live in the neighborhood of Rogers okay. Edge. It's as not really about the real estate. As issue. opposed to calling, you know, Humble Park. West Wicker Park. Correct. No, it's not that. It's not. This because. isn't something that App Properties came up with and no shit like that. It is specifically for uh, to create an, a, a network in an area of support for businesses from in certain zones in which you sh you don't share an alderman, Ooh, right? Tiff so, oh, Tiff lives in Schaumburg now. So drive up Golf Road, east on Golf Road, make a left, make a right at Sheridan. What? <laughs> Some people want to make it all weird, whatever. I live in Schaumburg. That's on you. Get on over here. Anyway. <laughs> so, all right. So the neighborhoods don't have a common alderman, right? Okay. So if you're trying to affect change in a business di district where political parties, there are three different political entities, right, that have a vested interest in it, okay. right? They can't, they cannot make wholesale change that would help everybody because it just, it's not their zone. Uh, Devon and Broadway and Clark form this kind of like area where three different aldermen are kind of doing a thing. Right, and they all have three different agendas, and they don't be three perfectly swell ass guys. But when your businesses are 
like you have a bunch of empty storefronts and you have residents in the area who have particular sets of needs and you have a couple problem spots like the corner of Devon and Broadway, literally one of the worst intersections in the city, right? It might take an entity to sort of look at it as a whole who's not one of your three aldermen who would say, hey guys, what can we all do that matters to all of us, right? And where can we kind of come in there and make a thing happen? So my shop really does sit like right here at like kind of the epicenter of Rogers Edge I am on Loyola's campus, so on one hand, Loyola's needs are a little different than the needs if you're like Star Grill over by the Starbucks across right. the street, right? So what Loyola being a massive university has different concerns, but it does have an issue where its west face is Sheridan Road, yes. right? And if you just put a bunch of like, you know, meeting rooms or something on Sheridan Road and you break up the retail corridor, you're not attracting anything here, no. right? And the target that's going in across the street is a thing because honestly, like if you're in this neighborhood and you're trying to like, just buy socks, you know? Where do you, where do you buy your shoes at? Where do you buy, if you need to get your, your laundry detergent and your socks, right? If you need to get shoes. And you do, don't feel like riding the red line. And you, and you don't feel like riding the red line. And there's what, what like five, 6,000 students on campus. Like where do they go get all that crap from? You know what I mean? When they move in and when they're making changes or whatever. Right. You can't buy everything from CVS, you know? So you, you, you develop your business district and hopefully other, in my case, I'm okay with other mom and pop shops hitting the district, but I also recognize that it might take some cats with a little extra kind of like know-how for getting the thing done to come on up here. Like the best damn bakery in town that I know of is Maddie Bird Bakery. They're just down at like uh, like Greenview and Devon down there, right? But I know that people coming up from like, let's say, if you're coming from Lincoln Park or you're coming from Wicker Park or you're coming from High Park, you ain't thinking of like getting up to Devon for a cake. Right. But if you're anywhere from, you know, Montrose, headed to Evanston, right. you might need to know. And if somebody else opens up something next door to Maddie Bird that just brings that extra traffic up here, the Rogers Edge Business District existing, right, as a whole, kind of helps all that, you know? Otherwise, what she's ended up doing over there is having to say to Alderman Osterman, hey, so about Devon. And he's like, oh, yeah, okay, Devon's cool and all, but that's the northern border of Edgewater, right, of which there might be some concerns he's got on his plate that don't concern literally the border. Yeah. You know, and then my man, audio audio archaeology is hard to say it across the street, uh, vintage record joint. He might have some issues or whatever. Right. That might actually concern something about Edgewater, even though he's in Rogers Park. OK, so going to Joe Moore about that might help him, might not help him, you know. But if there is an actual entity with with meetings or, you know, even just a web presence or whatever that he can get to. Okay. And people can say as a whole, your Edgewater concerns and my Rogers Park concerns. And the West Rogers Park concerns are all kind of, they all are interconnected, even if we don't realize it, be they crime concerns, business concerns, you know, nerd concerns, social concerns, like, 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 even traffic concerns, traffic, traffic concerns, all that is a thing, yeah. right? And so that's why we're, it's branded Rogers Edge, because it does actually kind of okay. matter. And mostly for me, I just, I want to see something done with all the vacant storefronts at a reasonable price. At a reasonable price is I key, because... Key. Damn it, real estate people. But real estate people are usually the ones in charge of making some neighborhood, giving a neighborhood a name. Because once I figured out that they're trying to sell Humboldt Park as West Wicker Park, yeah. because Puerto Ricans, I, I was kind of done with that. You just said Puerto Ricans, dude. I got hungry. A <laughs> <laughs> rose can get doulas and a little tostones? Come on, man. Let's do this. I respect it. <laughs> I would respect on it. I respect on it. Put and some no. On it. Also, I'm not going to Starbucks and yeah, fuck Starbucks. Just remember if you two Somebody made a point though. 
somebody wrote an article that says, you know what, I'm really sick of having to boycott places where people do racist shit. Starbucks, H&M, all these things, the onus for boycotting ends up being us, ends up being the people right. who get... Yes. You and fucked me, and now now how come I gotta keep not going? Why I yeah. gotta keep right? Okay, yeah. It's, so like says I'm not skinny enough to go to H and M, so that was not even on my agenda. That wasn't on my agenda. I bought one shirt in an XL H and M, and it's like a medium. Like I, went, I can't I can't fuck with H and M. I went to I went to American Apparel once because I had to get a T shirt. I was downtown, needed a T shirt, and Target wasn't there at that point. And there was a medium. Yeah. And I wore it once. I had to wear a T shirt because someone was on with the shirt I was on, and I wore it once. And I tossed it. Yeah. It was like $10. Some places just ain't for me. Yeah, even if... It ain't yeah. for me. American Apparel's problematic and shit, H&M. All those places is... But the onus is on us yeah. to boycott these things that discriminate actively against us. So I don't see that kind of reciprocation from other people. I don't see other people going, you know what? Because they don't let you in this place, now, fuck that. I'm going to be with you and not... Here's, says, here's some my problem point, with the, the my entire my, my entire problem with the boycott of Starbucks as an idea is that Starbucks are independently owned. So the Starbucks that fucked up with my dudes in, in Philadelphia, right? Like the Starbucks, the, the three Starbucks within walking distance where I live in Evanston, right? This has not been an issue. Right. And the Starbucks here in Rogers Edge doesn't even have indoor seating, right? You have to walk up with your money in your hand, raising the damn air to get served at that Starbucks because it's two shipping containers stacked on top of each other, right? It's a drafty damn Starbucks. They're trying to not be able to discriminate against you because you can't even come inside to order a drink. You may as well shout that order from the bus stop, you know? They're just send a kid over to like, run you your coffee, you know? Yo, homie, yo, homie, run me a latte. Just run me that latte real quick, you know? <laughs> like, they may as well do that. Like, that's a thing. I don't, I think that that particular Starbucks, you got to uh, ask, because I myself have never had a problem with it. Yo, Tiff, right, right, right. So, depending on where you're at, a lot of places that folks have had issue with, like the H&M thing, I think that's a company-wide fuck up. That's a company-wide Even fuck-up. if the parents of that kid don't want to cop to how much they fucked up, that's a company-wide fuck up. Starbucks and places like that are independently owned chains and something that goes on at Starbucks A, if I decide I'm not going in there because a fucked up thing happened, I'm not going to fuck with the paper of the people who've been treating me right. So in boycotting sense, yeah, that's an issue. I would rather say a bigger concern for me when this all starts happening is, you know what I start thinking about? I start thinking about, I make coffee at home and I make it real good. You know, because a, a pack of Bustelo, shout out again. Puerto Rican coffee. I don't do, I don't do coffee. Oh, okay. All right. All right. I see. I see. You want of those. Elevated. You want of those. Elevated. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Get on he doesn't level. do coffee. He's not really. He ain't really like a caffeine type get, of dude. Get on he'll he'll make himself. He'll make himself some green tea. He'll just sniff it for two hours. No. He ain't trying to like. You, you know. He I'm don't want right. to poison the. Temple. I fucks with hot chocolate. I fucks with hot chocolate. So of course you do. <laughs> with, the, with the ill marshmallows. <laughs> That's what I do. I don't, need, I don't do caffeine. With the ill marshmallows. <laughs> But yeah, but, but to your point, is yeah. Yeah, they're independently owned. Like, if one Starbucks fucks you over, okay, yeah. fuck y'all. If I feel the need for that coffee because I'm used to it or whatever, I can go to another one. That's a thing. But because the same people get shuffled around, right. it's possible. It that is the, possible that you, you as take a person, the problematic manager ends up at a Starbucks you like to go to. I have heard this from friends of mine who work at Starbucks. There's literally, you, you are not necessarily proof. You're not safe from it by going to a different place. But it does make me oftentimes think about the amount of money I'm spending or the, the, the lifestyle I'm supporting where I'm chasing something that's artificial to begin with. There's no point in this world where I've ever said to myself, you know what I need? 
I need $7 coffee. I have ordered a drink from Starbucks because back in my pre-comic shop owning days, there were some days where I needed to be sugared the hell up to get a thing accomplished. And I would go into a Starbucks and order myself a venti white chocolate mocha with toffee nut uh, syrup. Venti white chocolate mocha with toffee nut syrup. I may as well have bought a five pound bag of sugar and just sprayed it on, right? I was up because I had like hella work to do and class at night, you know? So like I was going and running a business at the crib, you know what I'm saying? So like I, there, was, there, was, there was days right. where I would do that. And what that drink would cost me after I tipped really was kind of ridiculous. I should have just gotten myself a McDonald's shake and nuked it, you know? But it was just crazy town. And that's the thing that I think that when this stuff is happening, I often say to myself, yeah, why am I doing this at all? You know, I don't have to do that. Why am I doing it? Why, do why am I doing it? So in, in regards to the incident itself, who else are you boycotting? Um, H&M and Starbucks are the only people I can think of oh, right, right now. Right. Well, you guys look, get at us and let us know who else we should boycott, and then we but, will tell you we don't go there anyway. But see, that's the thing. It's like the it's just right. I don't. We don't. There's people's jobs on the shit. I mean, it's people's jobs. I get it. Yeah. But you know, everybody got a job. You know, every, well, everybody every, ain't got a job. Well, no, let's put it this way. Everybody got something. To, everybody got something to do. Everybody got a role to fill. So right. these people who are at Starbucks who are like, there are people probably baristas there. Like, I, I wish you wouldn't have called the cops. But guess what? You still working there because you got bills. Yeah. I get it. Yeah, yeah. I get it. But the thing, the with the incident in particular, what really kind of stuck out to me are the pleas copped for how right, quote unquote, the situation was. Oh, the barista was well, the manager was supposed supposed to call the police. Oh, they were supposed because and then we got all these kind of alternative things of yeah. well, they, they were belligerent. No, they weren't. Yeah. You know, oh, you know, they were trespassing on private property. How many times have you seen people walk in, ain't done, ain't bought shit, sitting there? Apparently, in that Starbucks, people sitting there not buying shit. Not buying shit. It's a Starbucks. I'm, honestly, I, I really feel like when you go into a Starbucks, a black coffee's damn near free. And then if you spend the next three hours sitting there, you've effectively not bought shit. You know, yeah. So the fact remains. Starbucks themselves sells the lifestyle. They're not even selling the coffee. You know, they're There's, selling the idea that you can come here and chill. This is your living room. You can chill. You can hang out here. Get your Wi-Fi on. Yeah. Write, your, write your next American great novel. Sure, sure. But then with this, there's another thing that apparently happened yesterday, the day before, some shit like that, where the black dude, he was going to buy some shit. He walked in, like, can I use the bathroom? They said, no. White dude came right behind him. was like, hey, <laughs> right behind him. I'm laughing because it's, it's, it's sad, but it's like when people say... When people say, no, that can't have happened. Yes, that did happen. And we've all been there. Of course that happened. That absolutely happened. And so they have it on film. Like, dude goes like, hey, you know, and it's like, you know, people, like, it, it was such where he went, oh, this has got to be fake. This is, this is too, <laughs> this is too opportune. Dude was like, hey, you know, you know, I'm going to buy something, but I need to use the bathroom. No. White dude comes right behind him. Like, yo, I need to use the bathroom. Like, he's doing the hopping thing. Like, I need to use the bathroom. They give him the key. Like do goes. <laughs> That's the same shit. So I, I keep remembering was it Jordan Hurston says the or somebody says the, the 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 purpose of racism is to exhaust you, is to keep you busy thinking about shit that you shouldn't have to think about. I don't know if that's the purpose. Well, and right? the, the, the the effect. Yeah, the effect. That. the effect of racism is it says. We had a dude who was talented, like, I forgot his biologist back in the 30s. He spent his time try, proving that black people's skulls weren't different 
right. than everybody else's. Right. He could have been off score. He, he could have been off doing else. anything else. Could have been doing anything. He else. was doing that. Yeah. We were two. We were bigging up Gwendolyn Brooks, Richard yeah. Wright, all these guys. Like right. you can write as good as these other guys. Right. 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 Instead of just writing the stuff that you had to write. Right. We spend so much time trying to justify our existence, when in theory and in practice we shouldn't. We shouldn't be bothered. Right. To all right. Tiff Tate just made the point that um, the the bigger issue in some cases is that the cops themselves didn't just didn't seem to want to make a judgment call. Like I was wondering why didn't the cops just walk in and say, "Hey, what happened here? What's going on?" And then hear the story of what was happening there and go, "Somebody go, all right. If I if I." If he buys a cup of coffee, is it cool? Like, do, should we have to arrest a guy, take him out of here, just because you believe they won't, they won't spend two dollars? Like to me, as a cop, I wouldn't want my time wasted that way. And to to uh, Signing Landfair's point, it, it is exactly that. I think it would be better for us as a public if we literally did look up our alternatives for everything that we do. Look up an alternative. Because if you find that you're, 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 you're taking part in some large-ass corporate structure that does not have your best interests at heart, at all, right? at all. you don't have to never go out for coffee again, and you don't have to not buy jeans and T-shirts again, but you can ask yourself, where else can, where else I, can I do I these go? things? Where else I can bet, I go? Because the way the Starbucks works, and just keeping Starbucks in the conversation, the way it works is... They open Starbucks where there are other coffee shops. They cluster. That's the technique. The tactic is called clustering. They they find a, a coffee shop and then they will open a Starbucks within three four blocks and then they open another Starbucks when that Starbucks is uh, uh, its its profits drop to a certain point they open another one right and when everybody goes man there's a Starbucks on every corner they're not lying there is a Starbucks on every corner so if you know that this is the way it is and it is the way it is we all have issues being served and it's not just like like brothers I know non brothers who have issues being served in some capacity somewhere find a, your, your local joint. Find something, just give somebody some shine for a little bit because you might discover that honestly, the thing you really want, the thing you really want is just the product. You want the product because you need that product. Go get the product and just quit getting all phased out by like the, the, the trappings of the shit. And these motherfuckers playing Michael Buble over the loudspeaker. Like that's some shit people want to be hearing. You know? We ain't doing that. You, you don't have to do it. You don't have to participate in that. Right. If you're not in the culture. So some people love the culture. Some people like, this is my thing. That is the question. You have to question. You have to question your Some love people. of culture and where you fit in it. And honestly, that is the the danger of them of 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 Starbucks and, and companies like that is they spend time not selling you a, an actual physical product. They spend their time and effort selling you a concept that you belong in. Yes. And you want to belong. We you want know, to belong. VIP club and all that, you know, yes. buy 10, yes. get one free, da-da-da. I got a stack of cards on my desk at the crib of, 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 like, loyalty cards and all these. And I can never remember to use them. And I just know they're stacking up and stacking up. And I don't give a fuck because I, I don't want to feel the pull to your spot. Right. So the – and also – so, but everybody is talking about how the cops did the right thing. Like everything. Sometimes you right. guys, I nod at you because I'm I'm mentally in my brain answering your question or responding to your comment. And as if you're in the room, and I'm gonna give you the nod, like that's right. <laughs> but you don't realize this is happening. But every time I nod my head, it's literally because I just read something on the screen, and I'm thinking to you. And then I realize they can't hear me thinking. <laughs> I'm having a weird moment. That's what I just caught myself doing it again. <laughs> yeah, all right. So, but, my acknowledgement. Yeah, I mean, but the fact that everybody, like, everybody did something right. So they, they helped the two dudes to yeah. one thirty that night. Right. One thirty apparently. Another damn day. issue. So, and like, all for oh my bad, our bad. Let's fly. So, what if they had gotten fired? 
no, like they they were waiting on a real estate deal, so right. they didn't. They had some other things going on. Right. What if they got? What if they had a job? Would right. would have been right for them to have been fired because? Right. Hey, where were you? Well, I was locked up. Right. Why? Well, you know, I don't care about why you're gone because yeah. maybe you got a record. That is the thing that happens to folks. Yeah. That's totally the thing you that start, happens. You throw real life shit at people, and all the job says is it's about the job. So, the cops put them, shackle them up. Yeah. Put them in the car. They they spin. 30 days, you know, they spend, you know, apparently 20 hours in the, in, in the bing. I don't know about it. So, the, until 1 in the morning is a long, unnecessary-ass time. But the, it couldn't be, I mean, 20 hours would mean that they fucking had to be at Starbucks at 5 in the morning. So, I don't think it was that. I just, I think it was still A long like, time. Right. Because when you go into Starbucks to meet with people, you're meeting in the afternoon, no. more than likely. No. Right in the morning. Or in the morning, okay. In that's the morning. Cool. Like, but still, it, it's an inordinate-ass amount of time for you to... Well, you have to know nothing happened. Right. You know? That's the part where on the cops... What? Not only did they not... Not only did they not say what happened here, why don't you guys just walk to the next day would, Starbucks? But then became the narrative of, y'all must have did something. No. Yeah. Y'all no. must have did something to set her off. Y'all must have did something. You must have been... Louder, demonstrative. Oh, you were black as shit in a, in, in apparently a very... Apparently in our list of things black people fluent, can't do. Black people can't... You can't exist. Right. You can't exist and be waiting on a friend, which is something we've all done. I'm going to pull up in here and wait for somebody to go up. Hey, what's up? This, you know, drink some, talk a little shit, whatever, whatever. But now it's telling us, no, you can't do that either. But the fact that every... The, the, the thing I keep getting stuck on is the postmortem of everybody did everything right. Like, oh, the cop did what they were supposed to do. The manager did what they, the manager didn't feel the, safe. The, the which, job of the cops is not to come in and make an arrest. The job of the cops is to figure out what the hell happened and, and send people home happy. Here's your job. The cops that come into my shop, my cop customers, we talk all the time about things going on in the neighborhood, right? Something goes in the neighborhood, I ask the cops, so, you know, about that thing that happened. You know, what's the work? What do you hear from that? You know what I mean? Hey, oh, something's going on on campus, you know? Hey, how's that working for you? You get an easy day or whatever you came in. You're going to read your comments that you buy from me right now. And they'll be like, man, this is what's kind of going on. As, as, for as much as they can tell me. Yeah. They can't, there's some things they can't say, yeah. but they'll say some things, you know? And you just, you can hear that they all prefer to do the job in such a way that they don't want to roll up and just get the gaffling cats. They want to roll up and be like, what happened? Okay, well, you know what? Everybody needs to be someplace. Let's all get to someplace <laughs> else. Let's all get to someplace else, right? Because all of it is just creating work and drama when it ain't necessary. Ain't necessary. When the the because we literally have now we got we got a Starbucks conversation in which someone in the Starbucks called the cops because some dudes weren't doing something, and the cops showed up, arrested guys for not doing something. And from the cops' point of view, they're like, well, but now you're trespassing because you didn't leave when they asked you to leave. Yeah, well, hold on. But, like, isn't there some bit where... And the fact that they can... The brothers even protest. The brothers were like, you know what? I could get shot here. Yeah, like, what? <laughs> I could I get shot here. Ask, ask me to leave. Why? Why? You have that question. You have questions. You have questions. Um, Tiff just says she looks hard at the cops' con uh, decision because they know the cops. But that's why you keep the dudes in there at the 130. Like, right. what can we make up? Right. Because there's a PR thing now. Let's, right. How we get in front of that? Well, they were belligerent. It would have been better to walk them dudes outside and be like, y'all get the hell out of here. You know? Just <laughs> go go across the street to, to Caribou Coffee and text your boy. Tell him <laughs> Yo, to curry his ass up. Right. Where Caribou, hurry your ass well, up. Well, no, no. Apparently, though, in the story, apparently the dude did show up. Yeah. He showed up and was like, whoa, what's happening here? Like, they're waiting for me. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we got, we're here to do a job now. You know? You know it's, it's like when the guy tries to tell you, like, 
I got the thing. I got the winch down now. Like I ain't. I'm putting it on something. Somebody get towed. That's the tow truck. It's like yeah. the tow truck mantra. Like, tow I got truck. look. I got the cuffs out right now. I'm gonna do something with it. <laughs> we gotta win somebody up. Somebody going. Somebody gotta go. Who's going? Somebody. Right before go. you got here, there was a situation outside my shop where uh, the so so the one of the props who was just doing a class was like she was about to jet. And we were like, at the, she was walking up, and she paused at the door, and I heard some loud voices. So I walked over because I was like, "What's the, what's the ruckus out there?" And I see that it's like a dude and a chick, and they're kind of like, there's some yelling, and somebody's got somebody's phone, and you know, it's all like a bunch of rah rah rah, right? So I'm like, ah oh, man, you know, y'all need to just you know, take that, move it along, because what's going to happen is, and then at some point she starts yelling help, and now now me me now looking at it, I could tell. She was so done with this dude, she was literally yelling help to make him go away, right? It wasn't even like, you know, I'm about to do it. It wasn't that, right? But it was like, okay. situation's getting escalated. Yeah. So I got my phone out, you know? And I'm like, all right, man, I'm going to dial, right? But I start, I hear the sirens, quick like, Quick. Here comes public because safety. They're right, they're, down they're right down the block, block, right? They're rolling around. And I'm like, you know what's about to happen here? Here's what's about to happen. What's about to happen here is y'all in a fight over some dumb shit. Y'all got each other's phones. Y'all, y'all mad about somebody didn't pick up a tab, didn't tip. Where the hell is my five dollars? And someone's going to get their neck stood on, right? Over bullshit. You know what I mean? Like when people, I keep seeing all these if, narratives where people are like, if the cops, but if the cops don't do their job, right? If the cop pull up and like, yes, y'all, need, you need to go that. Give yes. him his phone back. You give him the phone back. You go I that grew way. Up in an you era go that way. In which that's what the cops did. The cops said, you take your ass down there, and I don't want to see you, and you. We're doing this and you go your ass that way and I don't want to see you and we good right like yeah. that's that now we at a point where nah if the cops show up it's already out of pocket it's out of pocket and the fact that police are going to react apparently now police are going to react that way to black people yes. brown people in a space that by existing are making other people more maybe more fluent maybe I just, more I had this a conversation with my wife once where uh, we we had applied, you know, there's the sticker on your license plate, right? Right. We'd applied for the sticker, but the sticker hadn't been sent to something. It was something like that, right? And and where we live, there's not just the sticker, but there's also, like, a tax you have to pay for the city itself, for the town. And I uh, had the option, because she wasn't going to work or something like that. I had the option to drive the car to work. And I was like, nah, I don't want to, uh, um, I don't want to drive the car. It doesn't have to say, oh, I know what it was. We had the sticker. But the instructions on the sticker say don't put it on your license plate if it's too cold because it could fall off right. and they're not going to reimburse you for the sticker. So we had the sticker in the glove box. She was keeping it in the glove box until the weather warmed up because our shit expires in like February, March, right? And I got that damn sticker out, put it right on the fucking car, right? And I didn't care how cold it was. I put it around the car. And she was like, but what if it falls off? I was like, I don't know. I don't care. It's not falling off. It's a goddamn sticker. I don't trust that. I cleaned it. I put it on to stand on. And she was like, but no, don't put it on because why don't you just, you drive around the glove box, the cops pull you over. If they say anything, it's in the glove box. I go, nah. I'm not reaching I'm not, back. I'm not reaching in the glove box for a fucking know. sticker. And she's that. like, but you have the sticker. The car is legal. And I say, honey, <laughs> we drive a Monte Carlo. <laughs> do, you, do you see what I'm fucking with here? Like, <laughs> No, no. It's the moment we got that car. The first thing I said was, I got to be mad legal with this here shit because I'm driving a Monte Carlo SS with the spoiler on the back. With <laughs> the spoiler on the back. Right? You know what I'm saying? There's no point. You see me in any, 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 even, even the most Columbo ass of cops. 
Even the most pink panther of fucking cops sees me rolling down California Avenue in this car, silent as the grave. Right? I ain't even, I ain't even playing like Slayer or Biggie. I'm playing nothing. The radio don't work. I'm just, man, I said, no. <laughs> we also have the additional problem that the driver's side window doesn't go down. It needs a, 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 a the switch. It's the switch. It was okay. it, the switch needs to be replaced. Okay. Hundred dollar fix, right? We can fix the switch. We haven't fixed the switch because reasons, right? She's like, "Well, you just pop the door open and explain it." No, no. <laughs> I don't do any of those things. <laughs> I'm not reaching in the glove box. I'm not popping my window open. I'm not driving it until the sticker is on the damn license plate. And she was like, "You're making such a big deal of this." And I said, "I'm alive." to make a big deal of it. I exist to make a big deal of these things. This is my job. My job is to note the dumb shit that can happen to me just trying to be me. Self-preservation is the first law of nature. That's it, right? She got mad as fuck when I went right outside and put that sticker on the damn license plate. <laughs> if it falls off, it's gonna be your fault. I said, if it falls off, I'd rather take that chance, you know? But it is a sticker. You know, emphasis on the word stick. It's staying on. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. You know? But she's mad I put that shit on. But I was taking no damn chances. Yep. Yep, Brian. You damn right. Just like that. And I don't want to repeat that situation. Literally happened before. I explained that to her, too. I was like, well, there was one time when I was a teenager leaving a Dungeons & Dragons game. Innocently. In Englewood. <laughs> With no weed and no... Zero weed, three brothers, and a Filipino cat. <laughs> Guns drawn instantly. Our buddy Vernell just pulled away from the curb and went around the corner. They lit us up. Three cars. What? Our dice must have been hot. Yo, I ain't trying to have that, man. I ain't doing it. Nah. Um, so I'm Jeff, uh, best bass player on the planet. Okay, I'm Jeff O'Connor. Uh, just throwing that out there. Okay. Um, I have another thing on sports. Oh, it's Stanley Cup playoffs. Shit is hot. Fuck them. Um, except shout out to my man on the Washington Capitals, I believe, who was trying to get that little girl a puck. Yeah. You see that shit? Yeah. And he threw a puck over, and the dad caught the puck and gave it to the little boy, and then he caught another puck and gave it to the other little boy because he couldn't tell the damn player was trying to give it to the girl. Mother. Sexism is, 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 is life. That's where it comes from. Sexism is life. That's it. But the player kept fucking trying. That's my dude. Whoever, what's his name? Um, Probably Ryan something. Every hockey player's name is Ryan something. What? Look what's him up. I bet his name is Ryan something. His name's not Ryan. Is it not? What's his name? There's no Ryans on the cap. Alex. Did Alex somebody? There's Alex's. There's Ryan's. There's Nick. There's, Colby. There's one Nick. <laughs> the fact that I even fucking know this is kind of weird. <laughs> Anyway, it's um, hockey. It's always a Ryan or a Kobe. Some there's no Kobe's or a Nick. There's a Nick. There's a Nick. Keep coming, baby. I'm maybe. Anyway, there's, so there's a brother. Hockey names no, for Chuck for there's, hockey there's, names for six There's a brother on on the eight teams that are in on the wait on the sixteen teams that are playing. There are a number of brothers who are doing the thing, who are doing good things. Um, Someone might get out of the first round. Someone may not. Um, actually, good players. Um, Name your hockey brothers. 
Uh, it's going to be Dwayne Smith Pelty, um, Dwayne Smith Pelty, who has the the uh, the honor, quote unquote, of being heckled at the Blackhawks game. Yeah. So that I remember that he still plays for he still plays for Washington. Um, Evander Kane, um, who we call <laughs> wait, so the Dwayne and the Evander. Yeah. Wow. All right. You are um, naming the black players. Ev- yeah, Evander Kane, who uh, we call Money Phone, because a while ago he pl- he used to play at Buffalo, and over the summer he took an Instagram post with him holding the big ass wad of cash to his uh, to his ear. <laughs> so he called. It, so he ran him out of town, saying he was a distraction. Oh. Um, yeah. Um, his name is Brett. I should have got there eventually. There's always a Brett in hockey. There's always a Brett in hockey. Brett Connolly. So okay. shout out to Brett Connolly. Okay. I have a smartphone, America. You guys see this? That's, that's pretty. I, have, I own a smartphone now. That's pretty. Um, <laughs> I could have just looked at the damn screen tip. You could have right. looked at the screen. <laughs> um, anyway, but like, so All right. 16 teams, there's a lot of brothers playing. Um, they're doing good. Um, teams are doing, you know, some teams are doing well, some teams are not. Uh, we are in game three. Everybody's pretty much played their game three. So some of these series might end very quickly in the next couple of days. Um, I say brothers are doing the thing. Yep. Um, it's a great thing. Uh, best trophy in sports. Um, yeah. So also I got to give a shout for because we brought the baseball uh, thing. The fact that we all know that we can't pay attention for an entire season. So we're doing it to the All-Star game. Which I'm pissed off. I love it. I can pay attention for an entire season because I love baseball. We can't. We cannot because friends, baseball season my is friends too fucking long. have issues. Yes. Because after All-Star break, fuck baseball. Fuck baseball. What is happening after the All-Star break that like you're going to go We're not going to pay attention. I'm stu- I'll be stunned if you watch to the All-Star break. I'm going to because this league. <laughs> That's when I'm paying All attention. Right. All right. You're, okay, we'll see how that goes. I'm going to I'm I'm check and see how my squads are doing. Okay. I'm going to go to a couple of White Sox games. Um, I'm going to one. It's always my thing. I go to when the Dodgers play at Wrigley. I, I go there for one game. Where he I'm is a do- fan of Los Doyos. Doyos! Um, I'm going to go do that. Go to White Sox thing. Um, if I'm somewhere else, I might catch a game or something like that. But that's the extent of my baseball. And hating on Saint, and hating the Cardinals. Well, my Mariners are kicking people's ass, so I'm very thrilled about that. All right, I'm, okay. I'm happy. Some and one of my leagues, a dude dropped Felix Hernandez, and I was like, "Who drops King Felix?" And that's a team, that's a league with a full like roster of players. Like I didn't know what that. Why did that happen? And I just picked the dude right up. My pitching staff instantly got better, and my man Richard Hanniger, who I didn't even know who the fuck Richard Hanniger was until like this year, when suddenly he's hitting the cover off the damn ball, but I also think that our, our hitting stats are also inflated because everybody's pitching in some bullshit-ass weather, but the Mariners playing a dome. So, you know, maybe that's real. I don't really know. Their road numbers might be what would tell me, but I'm not really looking at all that. I had a thing uh, right that it, that it just occurred to me that we probably should, yes, should talk about. So, um, I'm going to promote something okay. because it is, we're not quite at the end of April. I'm going to promote a Kickstarter to you. Um, Kickstarter's called Fucking 40. And this is, I helped out um, at the table for it at C2E2 for an hour on Saturday. It is the graphic novel that is the, the I guess, the life's work of my friend and a bunch of other Chicago graphic novelists. You know this guy named Ed Shimiankovitz who died last summer. 
uh, late July, early August of pancreatic cancer. Um, he went, before he died, he had begun working on uh, this graphic novel he called Fucking 40, which is about the year he turned 40. And he ended a long-term relationship, he lost his job, and found out he had cancer, uh, stage three, right? all in the same year. So <clears throat> he starts doing this, this graphic novel, right? He gets the entire script done um, and is in, was in remission for the cancer. Right. right, we had done benefit shows and all kinds of art things to like raise money to help him pay his bills, you know all that because dude's a graphic novelist and a graphic designer and a freelancer and insurance. What's that, right? Yeah. So like you're he, he's trying to do all this shit, he's trying to get it done, and then the cancer comes back. Hmm. Um, the cancer comes back. It's at stage four, and at the point at which he passes away, he had completed an entire script, and the script had to be like this damn thick, um, and even drawn and inked the first page. When we got the news that he died, a bunch of his friends decided what they were going to do was try to finish the book for him. Okay. They were going to pass pages around, see who wanted to do what, pass the script around, like get together and all just dope out who could do what, and yeah. see what it could be done to get this book done. What ended up happening was that 150 different artists <laughs> all said, we want in. Okay. Right? Uh, 150 artists said they wanted in. 128 of them eventually stuck it out and did it. Uh, so the book is finished. I've seen the finished. Uh, I've seen the finished pages. The only thing being done now, I think, is lettering has to be done. Uh, but all the art and inking is done, right? Um, it was supposed to go live as a Kickstarter on the like the fifth, right before C2E started. But they got some really cool news, some other options for them stuff and all that. So they wanted to include all that stuff. They didn't want to pass anything over. So they're actually starting it at the end of April, from what I understand. So the Kickstarter is not live yet. But if you go to um, if you, I think you can like Google fucking forty, like, and I don't know. If, like, apparently on Instagram you can't say fucking, so it's like F, F like hashtag whatever, right? It's out there, right? And I'll I'll post a, a thing on Facebook about it too, and I'll post it even here. But there's Facebook group for it and all that, so like there there's news, there's like info out there for it. But it's fucking forty because that's what Ed was calling it. Um, the cool thing, the cool thing here is getting 128 different artists to come together to do one graphic novel, and the rules were. That for whatever you're working from Ed's script, if Ed is appearing in the scene and Ed's all over this book, yeah. Ed is appearing in the scene. You have to draw Ed the way Ed drew himself. So every time Ed drew himself in any of his books, he kind of gave himself these like black dot like eyes. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And like he drew his hair a certain way. So everyone, no matter what their art style was, is drawn Ed. No matter what else they were doing, drew Ed like Ed. <laughs> I'm thrilled because I didn't even realize Ed was working on the last time I saw Ed alive. Might have been like maybe a month or two before he died. He dropped off some comments in my shop to sell like of his own books, right? Yeah. To put out in my local artist section. And I put them out, but they weren't about this. That he we he might have mentioned he was doing this, but what I didn't realize until I saw the script was I'm on like four of these pages. I had no idea. And then artists were they were contacting me to get like uh, so I, I had to sign a release. Yeah. Uh, they used my likeness, and they were looking for references because apparently the night I met Ed was Terry, one of the Terry cons, okay. where I'm standing on a, a, a table <laughs> and I'm shouting at people. And <laughs> the artist who got that page had to make sure he captured that scene just right. And I'm telling you that when I saw my pages, like when I saw myself the way Ed saw me, I fucking cried. Right? And on Friday of C2E2, there was a panel all about this project. And it was hard to get through it. Yeah. Right? It was just a dope ass project. It's a, it was, I mean, I'm telling you, like, just a great damn thing to see happen. Um, Ed's, Ed's thing was he was, like all of us, trying to break into comics and he wants to be known 
for being a graphic novelist and a great storyteller, he did not want to be known for having cancer. Yeah. So he, he wanted to finish this thing so that he could put something out there in the world that was about like his art and yeah. his view of the world. And as a, as, a, as a human being, I've rarely met many people as influential as this dude because I can be overbearing, I can be loud and obnoxious, right? I can be influential, but this man, everybody who's ever met Ed, Ed only ever had something, not only did he have something positive to say for you, but Ed made you look at your own work. Mm. And, and, and if you were doubting something in your work, he made you look at your work, see something and say, okay, tomorrow, create something else. And even if that sucks, create something else. That was Ed's whole thing. Okay. Every day, his mantra, create something every day, even if it sucks, right? And I've been basically like drawing my ass off since then, you know? Like, yeah, Tiff, because uh, Maldonado, Tony Maldonado, I think has a page in it. Yeah, so shout out to Tony. Right, Tony Maldonado is again one of the, another one of the best damn artists I know in this town. You know, who you don't always like people like Tony. They and 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 they when when they're drawing comics or when they're drawing period, they have a way of doing something to make it look so effortless, right? That you think to yourself, I can do that, and it's not yeah. like I can do it like it's effortless and it's not good. It's I can do that because this dude just like threw down a page and you were like this is my boy and my boy just like you're literally inspired to draw yeah. or to create yeah. because you just saw someone create something and you're like man i got something i want to say yeah, yeah. right you want to pick up a pen or something or a brush you know yeah, yeah, like sure. like tony's that dude ed was that kind of dude like you should know everybody you guys out there in america you got to have somebody in your life who is artistic enough to make you look at your own work and not be afraid to go do it right to not be afraid of it and like reconnecting with people like uh, in Masani Landfair up there, like reconnecting with people like that. When I look at her art, I look at that and I say to myself, you know what? Yeah, man, that's some damn the torpedo shit right there. It's stuff that I don't do, right? It's not, it's not, I do comic-y shit. I draw D&D characters from my friends, right? You know what I mean? Like right. I, I opened a comic shop. I do it. But then I look at, I look at some of this, this super creative shit flowing out of people's hearts out here. And look, don't, don't go through this life and not create something. That inspires somebody. For Try. Sure. You know, even if it sucks, create something every day. Besides kids. Besides children. Yes. Right? And I say that to, like, like people, luckily my friends in my circle are all creating brilliant ass things. Yeah. They're doing shows. They're getting recognition. If they're not, that recognition's got to be coming. And I recognize it. So if no one else recognizes it, I see the dopeness. Right? So like, I'm out there like hollering to the rooftops about your shit. Like I will always, if my friends are creating something, I will say to anybody who will listen, you need to peep this. Right? Because there's more than enough motherfuckers getting gaffled in Starbucks, right? We got, you know, we, we're, we're outraged, yeah. but we also got creating and we need to be doing, you know. True. We can do both. We, we're, we contain multitudes. We are not a monolith. And we contain multitudes. And we can contain multitudes. See, we contain multitudes. Live the whole point of Prague, but just brought it back around. Okay. <laughs> I got none. I got none. Of that. I got none. Of that. I mean, but to that point, I that is totally my thing too, fam. If you got people, don't don't forget that last thing we got to get. I got you. I got you. If you got if you if you got people, if you don't have people, get them. Yep. If you got people, Support. there are people who are who are singing. There are people who are acting. There are people who are writing and people who are drawing. There are people who are making things, and it should help you get your shit together. That sky point was for Nicole. Hmm? I did the sky point, but it's for Nicole. Because I, I think that it's like they can hear me, but they can't hear me because I'm only thinking it. <laughs> I, need, I need like a white, little whiteboard where I can be like, I got you, Nikki. You know, and just put it up like that, right? 
<laughs> Next time I have a little whiteboard, then I don't have to like sky point and like nod my head and be making weird like mental notes and shit. Man, get to this really cool thing right okay, here. Okay, yo. I didn't even see that news. Today. Oh, shit. So I'm, I'm, so for long-term people and long-term and for uh, first-time, first-time listeners, um, I am originally from a suburban Los Angeles, a small town, um, small suburb called Compton, California. And we may have heard of it. You may have heard of it. Um, very proud of it. Grew up in the 80s. Um, was a product of the environment. Um, no, all the gang shit. Like, we, I did that. You know, I was in that shit, everything like that. But obviously I made it out. A lot of people I know didn't. Um, but whenever somebody from Compton does something good, I go, yeah, it's good. So the Williams sisters, um, Ava DuVernay, like all these people who I are from. I literally did not realize we were starting that far back. But that's cool. Okay. I'm going to do that. All right, all right. Nope. All right, I'm with this, it. This is the shit that all I right. grew up with. Right. Like, Dig deep. Yo. Yes. All right. The Serena, the Williams sisters yes. played tennis. I had tennis. not even made that damn connection. All right, was, cool. All right. They played tennis a kitty corner in the park kitty corner from where I went to church, which is also the park that MC8 claims. Drag New Park, which is across the street from Compton Airport, because Compton has an airport. It literally had me until MC8. All right, MC8, keep going. Gia. <laughs> Gia. So, anyway, so it just came out today <laughs> that Compton native Kendrick Lamar won Compton a Pulitzer. Won a Pulitzer for his album, Damn. And this makes me happy on different levels, on many, many different levels. I'm, I'm proud of him. I'm glad he's doing his thing. I'm glad he was able to do his thing. Um, the fact, and the fact that, like, I know the, I know the neighborhood he grew up in. Um, it was on the other side of town from where I lived. But we know, like, we know, and, you know, this is one of the things, and I was talking about this with someone else um, who was from uh, Southside Chicago. It was just the fact that when you're growing, like, Southsider kids growing up now are going to other places and going like, you know, Southside Chicago is the place that you can say, yeah, I'm from there. And people go, oh, you bad. Oh, you, oh, you, you must be going through some shit. Oh, you hard. You know, you. None of these things are related. None of these things, no. All right. Not at all. But the thing is, growing up for me was I was around the gang shit, but I wasn't in it. Right. So I knew people who were in the gang shit. I knew people who who were heavy into the shit, but. When I would go other places, they were like, you know, you know, where are you from? I'm from Compton. Like, oh, who do you know? Is it really that bad? You know, have you seen this? Have you done this kind of thing? And so you get this kind of you get this kind of vibe of like, yo, you know, I'm yeah, this yeah, I'm from, you know, I'm alive. I'm from a tough place, tough place. Therefore, I am. It was a transitive property. I was in I was in a bar in like Venice one day, and it was my honeymoon. I remember being in a bar, me and my wife were going out to dinner, and we're sitting there, and some dudes from Iceland, the next table, when they find out we're from Chicago, started asking me about America's gun problems. <laughs> what is our obsession? And I said, I said, well, you know, as Grand Duke of America, Grand I will say we're not obsessed. <laughs> we, we simply have them, but it is on my agenda to, to convene a meeting next week yes. in which we can discuss these we can, things. We can, we can talk about if that. I'm the spokesperson for America, as I apparently am in Venice, Italy, Right, that was my answer. You know, as Grand Duke, don't worry, I got I got a handle on this. Yeah, but we're yeah. having a meeting next week. Right, we're having you a meeting next week. You caught me beforehand. Right, and yeah, it was the. I mean, it's the West Side, South. I mean, the South. Well, South Siders look at the West Side, and go, oh shit. West Siders, as my experience, really don't give a shit. Like, 
But that was the kind of thing. Yeah, well, Tim Tate's from the West Side. I mean, that's the thing. It, it was like seem like it. South Side people were. Tim like, seems like a South Side if you, you know, West Side is. <laughs> that's the thing. That's exactly <laughs> it. South Side is go, yeah, we bad, but West Side, though. Ooh. And see, but people take advantage of that. So anyway, so it came out today, Kendrick won a, won a, won a Pulitzer. Yep. A, the first music Pulitzer given to music that was not that is not classical or jazz. Right. right. So it, awesome. sa- says this encap- it says the album encapsulates encapsul- the album's encapsul- lyrics encapsulates the African Amer- part of the African American experience. Right. And the fact that not a, the first to do it clearly. Not the first to do it. And the thing is, is that so this got to mind thinking. Like I said, I'm proud of him. Yes, you know, so I'm proud. I'm always proud of where I come from. Shit I went through, but the people who who lifted me, the people I was with, the people my the the, the my family, my friends, the, the the crew I was I was with and everything. But it got me to thinking. Tiff clarified a thing. Yep, South Side. Tiff's from the South Side. Tiff's not from the West Side. Right. <laughs> but, but it got to got me thinking, we have this kind of conversation whenever the Grammys happen, whenever the Emmys happen, uh, whenever the Oscars happen. How much vindication does a black artist need? Right. What? See, I knew Kendrick was dope, but then again, Chuck D is dope. Right. Then Rakim was dope. Yep. Still the best ever. All these people have done, I would think, award-worthy things. They've encapsulated a black experience. Remember when we were talking about earlier in the podcast about how when it is when a thing breaks. Everyone just looks at that thing as being the thing that is the record-breaking, groundbreaking thing to now pay attention to. Kendrick Lamar has literally become that. He's become that. Yeah, he's become that. The Oscars go to him, or the uh, the uh, the Grammys go to him. Yes. The Pulitzer goes to him, right? It is not, it's surely not someone saying nothing was ever done this good before, nothing's ever encapsulated this, this message before. That's not it. It is... In this period of time. In this period of time, that's the go-to dude. That's the dude right now. And it is not to say he's not great because he's really good at what he does, right? But it means that the 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 intelligentsia aren't looking for a Chuck D. They got Kendrick. They got Kendrick now. Yeah. So it becomes a thing about what what encapsulate what encap. So we say encapsulate the African American experience. How much vindication? Now we knew we knew these people were great. Like it comes up that somehow like you know. Random people who we know are great have never won awards. Right. I remember when Esperanza Spalding beat out Justin Bieber for Best New Artist. People went apeshit. Sure. Because Esperanza Spalding, huge fro, plays the show. Like, okay, that's, that's her thing. But my thing was always, who's going to benefit more from being, for being recognized? Right. And does Esperanza Spalding need, does she need that, that, Vindication more than uh, Justin Bieber would. Right. Esperanza Spalding's gone and made two more albums since then. I can't say they're great, but then again, she's probably just finding herself and going, you know what? I'm out here. At least she's eating. Good. Person from my point of view, I don't need to throw any any more attention at Justin Bieber's ego. So as far as I'm concerned, best new artist is. I mean, hell, fuck the body that even gets to determine that. Like, I don't, I don't like any of that. That all of that bothers me, you know. All of it bothers me. So yeah, it was like a like you know who is she? People like 
Who beat out Justin Bieber? We know right. Justin Bieber. He's doing pop shit. Right. Who's Esperanza Spalding? People, but people check their shit right. out. So like, now go find what out. What is this? Right. And now that's fine. Out. So thing is, though, so does she need that? Is awards as vindication and awards as kind of a promotion? Right. Kendrick doesn't really need promotion. Nope. But honestly, it doesn't need a vindication. But but the, but, but that but that particular prize on that level. I think says a thing that level you can't you can't take it from him, and that and that the fact that he got it means something. You you have to say that that man's art and the level that he's working at that is a fine that's a fine payoff. That's, that's a, a fine it's a fine outcome. That's it's fine one, outcome. That's in a lifetime. The thing yeah. we grew up when hip hop first started, it was it was crap. It was it was just like it was dismissed. Yeah. You know, the Roots had a whole thing about hip-hop isn't seen as art. Right. Hip-hop is seen as like, oh, you kids are doing this thing and you're rhyming and then you're doing the spinny thing on your back and then, like, you don't, you're wearing Adidas track And even, even the people who, a lot of times, even the people who do see it as art are themselves just vampires. There's a lot of vultures and vampires circling around trying to promote you and help Culture you. vultures. Right. There's a lot of that going on. A lot of it. For hip-hop. You know, how, you know, not how am I going to manage your career, right. but... How can I get the most money out of you possible quickly? Right. How can I how can I take this thing that you're doing and 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 how can I make it, it about me? How can I sell it? Literally, that's what it comes down to. How can I make your thing about me? So it becomes a lot of that. So what I love uh, I love the so if I care so the question becomes if I care about the Pulitzer, why do I not care? I don't give a shit about the Grammys. I haven't given a shit for about Grammy Awards in years. Since Jethro told beat Metallica, son. All right. So, yeah. Fuck them. <laughs> yeah. So, Jeff. That's it. Last so, time I fucking that, had to watch, I knew it. I remember when. Been dead to me. When the Grammys first had a hip-hop category. Yeah. They're like, oh, like, this is becoming bigger than, bigger than us. So, let's put a category as throw them a bone. But when we stop, when people don't, they a couple years ago they they didn't air the they didn't air the, the award. Right. We don't want that. That's not that's not the merit. See. Because we okay anyway yeah yeah all right we can so, do a whole other episode so on the know. problem with the Grammy level shit because we've yeah. done it here yes. we've done it, we've talked about yes. the Grammys here like Grammys are bullshit right the Pulitzer though is that's affirming that's like yo it, another group. Said what you were saying is of such cultural import, and is so well done that we have to say that you are top of grade. Right this year, you are top of the grade. And I can't. This I, is my cynical face. I get so I, it. I have. There's. There's a. Mm, okay. Yes. But I. I love the fact. Like I say, I, I'm. You know, it's one of those things where I, you celebrate the initial thing and you go, huh? Okay. What What happens now? What happens after this? Does Kendrick go, you know, does, does he go full Erica and go, like, now I'm on some boho hopefully, shit? Hopefully Kendrick does exactly what Kendrick's been doing because my problem with all of it is that everything is ruined once the academics get to it. Academics ruin jazz. The minute the academics turn their fucking, like, Sauron-like gaze onto that thing, it's fucked. The soul's about to be ripped right the hell up out of it. Everything that matters in it is going to be ripped right the hell out of it because suddenly Lake Forest get, wants to be, in, they want to be validated by it. Nope. Nope. Run, Kendrick. Run. Here they come. Beware the fucking patches on their elbows. They coming for you. 
academics ruin all the artistic shit. There. I can't argue. I can't argue that. Because but academics happy for my right. man. I'm happy, I'm happy for my man. Happy for him. I'm happy for my man. I'm happy for my man. He need to bend down and pump his fucking track shoes up. Not a because here they come. I don't think they do that anymore. <laughs> you just dated the fuck out yourself. Yeah, I did. I don't have a problem with that. Remember, I like prog metal. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I am incapable of embarrassing myself. I am incapable of. That's another epitaph. Okay. <laughs> That's the other side of my grave. I, I was incapable. I'm incapable of embarrassing, of embarrassing myself. myself. Yeah. Damn right. I own all my shit. You're damn right. These kids don't know the fuck pumps. Look, they just put a fucking Pizza Hut commercial with the Pizza Hut pie tops. Where the pie tops come from? Where's she hitting the little button from? She hitting the little button to get a pizza to pause the game? Come on, man. She's pumping them shits up. That's the culture. That's the culture. That's what's up. Damn right I know. Brian's right. Fucking lotto suits, man. Lotto track suits. That's where we from. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we out here. All right. <laughs> I do. I respect that. I respect it. It just I, I love I like put some respect on it. I just love I love the fact that people who are coming from these environments that I know well yes. are doing great things. Yes. And that just that makes me happy, makes me warm and fuzzy, helps me sleep at night. Um I'm just not sure that the I'm not sure not even I wanna sh- not, I'm not sure I wanna share per se. I'm not even sure that this is the best thing for their art going forward. I'm I'm always nervous. That the arm that reaches out to hand you the award isn't also trying to put itself its arm around your shoulder, right? When that happens, right? When you get to be the one that they pull up and claim you're the okay one, the fix is in. And we can, in. and we can only hope that he just keeps doing the shit. He's doing. Yeah, right, right. And he doesn't he, he don't seem like the kind of dude that's gonna like turn around and fucking like let the shit all blow up on him and shit, right? And and in the industry. For be it be it comics, be it music, be it pro wrestling, the industry is forever like eating a motherfucker up and spitting them out. So yeah. it ain't like that's some news. That ain't even what I'm on. I'm just saying like I'm the the getting the Pulitzer Prize is some prestigious ass shit. Like, but when when that happens, the next thing you know, now now eyes are on you that weren't just on you before. The, the, that well, or that have been on you, but now people are gonna talk about you in a way that. You literally got to take that Beyonce route and be good enough to not give a fuck. Like, like now when the slings and arrows come, they bounce off. You are bulletproof. And I'm not sure that he's hit bulletproof yet. And he needs to be. Yeah. She's bulletproof. She's bulletproof. She's, she literally hit bulletproof. And he ain't bulletproof. Right? He ain't bulletproof. He, he, he just got an award that no one saw fucking coming. Right. Right? That I, I'm, I'm afraid I just, and also will I, be used against him. That's true. But used against them by people in his own environment. No, no, no. I don't give like, rappers are gonna hate. Like, like, like right now, there's somebody trying to make a fucking battle rap about that dude right now getting an award they can't fucking spell. Yeah, look, I know that's coming. This every mixtape coming out about Kendrick right now is 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 whack before the fucking before they even put the fucking spit guard up. It's already whack. We know that, right? We know that. What I'm talking about, what I'm talking about is this bit where now cats gonna come at Kendrick because he's they're gonna Dwayne Johnson him. And and I don't, mm-mm, I'm worried about that. I'm worried Kendrick's about to make a movie with Kevin Hart. I'm worried about it. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Somebody gonna put Kendrick in a movie with Amy Schumer. If you Amy Schumer, Jesus I, Christ. Hey, I'm just saying. I ain't uh, saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> Keeping it real. 
Keeping it real. Um, yes, but yeah, I'm, 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 I'm loving that. Let's see. Um, uh, I'll answer Tiff's question. So, um, do you think there are enough people who will recognize it for it to have an effect? I, I, in what circle is the entire point? Yes. Yeah. Like in what circle? I think in hip hop circles. We are not in. nearly enough people are going to recognize how dope that is, right? It's the it's the Pulitzer circle, it's the academic circle that it, they will recognize it, and the effect will be here they come. You need some kind of gate up around your crib that won't let no, a PhD beyond it. No, the thing is though is that you got to think as an artist, like if he was a poet, let's just say he wrote a poet and like like a Gwendolyn Brooks or some shit. Gwendolyn Brooks runs a Pulitzer. All Gwendolyn's poet friends are like, Gwen, you want a thing? Yo, let's go out and pop. Nobody say, hey, Gwen, let's go pop bottles. But in the culture Kendrick's in, that's what they do. Like, hey, you won some shit. I don't know what it is. Oh, that's just money being spent by the entourage. I'm fine with all that. That's money. That is that, right? Okay, cool. Whatever. I'm just saying academic America is a serial killer that has jazz artists buried in a crawl space out back. Thing is, though. They got blues artists buried in a crawl space out back, Right? But they, they, all, they got hip-hop artists that they trying to... Look, they coming for you. Dexter's is, putting his gloves on. Thing is, though, is that I cannot imagine somebody new, an academic new, because he's gotten this prestige because academics have written about it. He's gotten here because of this. Yes, Tiff. Yes. To a point. To a point, I would say. Because... Yeah. 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 The foothold ain't hard, right? Like no. it ain't you hard. Write, for, you write some critical analyses. Yes, that, that is, that's the easy part. That's it. That's the easy part. You know, that's the easy part. You start talking about him in time. Start talking about him in mainstream publications. A whole lot of what where we start having those conversations about what happened, what happened to hip hop. When we had those what happened with hip hop discussions, where did hip hop go? Where did the lyricists go? Where did where did all the like the, the deep shit that's go? In, but that's, that's inside, because but that's that, inside the culture though. But that's because like now that's, folks outside the culture started glorifying some other bullshit, and that became the culture. So now dudes who've been gassed up by academics have been basically told, you know, it's okay, man. Lyrics don't matter. Your shit's dope. Just get turned. Just get turned. It's okay. Just you, can you can you turn up a little bit? Is that you? The fact you're doing this is hilarious. Kendrick? I don't think I could. Academics were biggest. Pump shits up. Oh. I'm going to miss that that, uh, reference because I'm so far past that reference. I I realize. (laughs) I'm so far past that. I can't even think of that in the way you're meaning. (laughs) Because I didn't reach down to grab my shoes. Because I'm late. Are we spray bottling the cattle wagon? What are we doing? <laughs> we got a spray Man. bottle. You got a spray bottle of the pop culture, fucking like PhDs. You know, yeah. Get away. Beat it. Come on here. Get on out of here. So, gone now. <laughs> gone now. Um, All right, peeps. Uh, Bad topics, man. That was the last bit. Shit. Oh shit! We probably had an hour and a half, two, two hours. hours. All right, <laughs> they love that shit. Look, <laughs> you man, we got people signing off and shit. Like, I gotta go to bed. I gotta go to work tomorrow. <laughs> and other people in other states and shit. You know, you have people chatting in here from like three, four other states. Right. I got my, my girl Shantae here from. I've known her from high school. So oh, she's is that here. how that's pronounced? Shant. Well, Shantae. Yes. Okay. That's not. I saw that and I was like, 
Is that it? It's not Sean Ta. No. That. Okay. Shantae. Okay. That's old school. Yes, it is. That's, that's, I haven't, man, I ain't met a Shantae since the 80s. Well, actually, that's cool. I went to high school with one. Hell yeah, well, because you went to high school in Compton. I went to, well, South, South Bay, nine, you might have Long nine, Beach, Carson. Shantae's in your high school. We had. But that Shantae's cool. Two. Two, three. Um, shout out to her. Anyway, um, it's been two hours, B. Kind of. Yo, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for rocking with us. 25 episodes. Hell yeah. 25 episodes with, I think this is like year four. Year four or five is the shit. Yeah. But we keep doing the thing. Can we, we, we still bringing it to you. We still enjoy bringing it to you. In a handbasket. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Usually hell's in the handbasket. Yep. But going to hell in a handbasket. Okay. I didn't know we were getting damned. Go ahead, man. All right. Okay. Okay. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode 25 of Stakes is Hot. The Black Nerd Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I remain Troy Hunter at Tall Black Guy. Doing the thing for you. L Gates still in your area. Still causing mass hysteria. I'm your boy, Terry Gant, owner of Third Coast Comics at 6443 North Sheridan Road in Chicago, Illinois, in the Rogers Edge Business District, because I'm still repping it, now that I've had to explain it. You've explained it? Your boy, I Doc Midnight. You. I'm your boy, Dread October. You know, Ladies and gentlemen, I'll let you hear me. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been an honor. It's been a pleasure. We will holler at y'all mm-hmm. later mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. Appreciate mm-hmm. y'all. Mm-hmm. Get at us mm-hmm. on the internets mm-hmm. and things like that. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, Pox, holler if you hear me. Oh, okay. There's almost. Okay. All right. (laughs) We will check y'all later on. Peace. My opinion, Pox's best album is Holler if you hear me. Was it? I think it was Holler if you hear me. That's what it was called, right? His first. It's not his first album, just the best album that he had. That was. Tupac, Holler if you hear me. No, that was an album. That was uh, that was strictly from a nigga song. Oh, Wait, that's on strictly, right? Okay. What did you turn the whole damn thing off? Did you lose it? What the fuck just happened? Was this not plugged in? Oh shit. Well, the laptop's still.